Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, aka Vertvic. And hello, my name is Sean Holly, and welcome indeed to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. The 2022 podcast. The first one of 2022. It's going to be 12, I reckon, because there's one a month and there's 12 months in the year, isn't there? Possibly. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I think your calculations are correct, sir. And we might do specials, so there could be 13. Or if we did two specials, there'd be 14. Oof. If we did three specials, do you know how many there'd be? This is Maths with Sean. Basic yeah, child's maths with Sean. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is a podcast. If you've not been listening before, this is a podcast about arcade stuff. You know, remember those games in the arcade? Space Invaders, Pac-Man, Jumpers for Goalposts, all that sort of stuff when you were a kid. <laughs> Pew, 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 and all that lot. Yeah, yeah, we talk about that a lot. We talk about things that are sort of part of the arcade scene, home games now and again, as a sideline. And, of course, the excellent arcade snack, a biscuit. Mm. We do like biscuits on this podcast. So, strap in, kids. And this podcast is Podcast 170, and we're going to be reviewing later on a game called Pooper Spang. Oh, sorry, Super Pang. Super Pang. Super Pang. I was watching a little video of it earlier, and I noticed some things. We will talk about it later. But before we do right. that, let's find out what we've been up to lately. Sean, do you want to start, or shall I? You start, and then I'll carry on. So you uh, go first, I'll go second. So that's me maths again. Hey, you're getting good at this. It's good, isn't it? First and second. I've been messing around with a Mr. Multisystem, MMS. Now, I think people know what a Mr. Multisystem is. Everyone knows what the Mr. is. It's a FPGA-based system. That plays lots of. They're still emulators. I know. I know the people in the Mister Universe don't like using the word emulation. They like used to use the word simulation. But mm. this machine is basically a computer, sort of runs on bare bone Linux. It emulates hardware rather than software. So, like, where Mame on a computer will run the ROMs from a game code and actually run it through emulation through software, this one emulates the hardware. So. It will emulate the Z80 chip and the sound chip and the RAM and all this sort of the ROM and everything, and it makes for a better emulation. It's nigh on one on one. Some people will argue it's not quite there, but to me and idiots like you wouldn't notice the difference. There you, sir. (laughs) That's a compliment from me. (laughs) It's not bad actually. Yeah, so we wouldn't really notice the difference. And the Mister Multi System emulates a lot of systems. They call they call them cores. So if you mm. run the arcade core and you can choose what game you want to play, it'll run the Spectrum core, the X68000 core, the Amiga core, and all sorts of weird and wonderful things like LCD games. And I think they do some like chess simulators, like the chess games from olden days. It does loads and loads of different things. It's pretty cool. And the newest version of it is there's a company that, that do a little board. You put the, the main part of an FPGA system with this one is, oh, what's it called again, Sean? I've forgotten the name of it. DE10. The DE10 Nano. It's a very small mini computer and it plugs into this thing I've got, the multi system. And the multi system provides all the extra parts you normally buy as an extra add on for the Mr. Multi for the Mr. System. So this has got loads of USB ports. It's got SCAR out. It's got RGB, uh, all the different outputs and everything for it. It's got extra RAM already built into it because I think 128 mega RAM is probably all you'll ever need for most emulators. It runs. And it's basically an all-in-one system, and you could even buy a really nice 3D printed case for it. And I elected not to buy a 3D printed case. I actually want to mill 
an aluminium case. So when I get the plans to do that, I will be doing that. But at the moment, it's just sort of on, on some feet and it's sort of bare in the minute. But I've been running that thing and it's, it's really nice. I've been running quite a lot of, I want to use that particular one for underneath my PVM or on top of my PVM monitor just for playing consoles and computers. All the arcade stuff mm. is on my other mister inside a cab. So that's really installed in a cab, which I use quite often. So I'm messing around with that thing. Loads of different systems on there. Really good. Absolutely perfect. It looks really nice on a PVM. And the, the system I'm using, the software I'm using, there's no messing about with video. You just put it on there. You plug it into SCART, or in this case, RGB. And you could even run it on another monitor at the same time, which is what I do sometimes when I'm messing around with it. So it works really, really nicely. I mean, sort of really getting into that. There are still, still to this day, some bugs in it with certain things which I need to get onto either their Discord or whatever they do to discuss those things and see if the person who did the core can fix it, because I bet it's a simple thing to do. Because I noticed yeah. a little while ago, I think Scramble has got missing sounds. When you fire the, the sort of machine gun, it's got missing sounds there. And I was playing again the other day. I just did it quickly just to prove to myself they haven't done it yet. I was playing Kung Fu Master at the end. You know when you, you walk up the steps at the end of Kung Fu Master levels? Yeah. He, he goes behind the scenery, so he's walking up the stairs into a loft. But this one, mm-hmm. he doesn't. He walks in front of all the scenery. It looks really odd. And it's still doing it to this day. It's been like a year since they've done that. But maybe no one's told him about it. I don't know. Isn't it weird? It is, if yeah. It's, it's just a little it's, graphical it's... glitch. They've obviously just not... There may be a, a naught and a one. They've not changed or something in the program. I don't know. It's very... They must have to go into every single core and just tweak it. Yeah, I presume uh, the, so, the, yeah. The, the code. So it's, it's not kind of emulation, is it? Because emulation... Had, well, what they do is they, they do everything as natural as possible because some of these cores, they've actually taken the chips from the, the PCBs. They've ground the tops down so they can look inside the chip to see what it does. They've mm. gone that far into it. They take the microns off at a time so they can get to what they need to look at and then they can work out what it's doing. So that's how far some of them have gone into. They're the really intricate ones. But I'm not sure what that particular bit is. I'm not, I have no idea, mate. I'm not that clever. Nowhere near that clever. It's obviously a bit mm. here or a bit there that's missing and it's not doing something it should do. But it's probably just a little switch in the program and they can just do really simply. What know. it is, it'll be 10. If stairs are there, go to 20. 20, put man behind stairs. 30, go to 10. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's a, it's a three-line program, Kung Fu Master. <laughs> oh, wonder if they let me have a do at it. I, I hope not. I hope not. I'd be great. I'd be great at programming a mister. And we're going to jump forward to my wallet, which is where we talk about what I've bought lately. And I'll just tell you something because I've been messing around with it. I bought, it's quite out of character for me, I bought a Woody six-switch Atari 2600 VCS. Or as nobody says, an Atari 2600. Yeah, Drisk, I'm talking to you. I thought... I thought the 2600 you was just coincidentally a name of a big yellow box with looks like a small robot. A 2600? Mm. Oh, no, you're looking at the picture on our on our notes, aren't you? Which is also on mm. the website people look at. That is something else. We'll get onto that in a second. Oof. But you know what a Woody 2600 is, don't you? The Atari VCS. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I've had in the past, I think, I'm not sure if I had a wooden one or not. I must have had years ago. But I didn't have one as a kid because they were far too expensive back then. But I've had the Atari 2600 Juniors, you know the little silver and black ones, the, the, the sort of later ones. I've had mm. them before. I've got two in the in the drawer there. But I was in an incredibly messy junk shop in Glasgow called Relic. The place is 
Hmm, how would I describe it? Interesting. It's a, a health and safety accident waiting to happen. Ooh, there's lots of things early. piled up on top of you. I bet there's some really cool stuff underneath a lot of the junk in it. But it's basically a big old junk shop. So it's, I saw an Atari 2600 there a few weeks ago and I thought, oh, I'll go, I sort of, I'm in an R and it was 55 quid. I thought, that's probably a bit much for a 2600. I've got two juniors at home. Don't really need it. As I'm in an R and I said, I'll tell you what, I've got some Christmas money and I go back there and I buy it. I'm just going to buy it. Treat myself. I like, I like the look of the thing. And there's a there's a handful of games I play on the 2600 because it's got hundreds, but a lot of them are just absolutely junk. What everyone says about the 2600, a lot of the games are absolutely junk. They're just squares. That's all they are. But it's because it's so basic, isn't it's it? Now so so basic. But what they did with some of the games being so so basic, they are so so playable. So I haven't got hatred for the 2600. I've actually got a bit of love for it because as, as a kid, it blew my mind away. And there are mm. still some games that, that that hold up nowadays. Asteroids, Space Invaders, Kangaroo, Missile Command. I was playing some of these the other day. Pitfall, Pitfall 1 and 2, Hero. Mm. Yeah, all the Activision mm. games are really good. Frostbite was really good playing that the other day. And so I thought, I'll get one of those. Brilliant. And I'll just I'll have a little collection of cartridges. Because you can get the cartridges for five, six, seven quid. Some of them are quite cheap, some more expensive, but most quite cheap. Especially cart only. I don't care about boxes. So I bought it. And... I'll tell you a little bit about how I bought it and what happened with that later on in, in the wallet section. But I've been playing with that recently. And what I had to do is when I got it home, I did realise, unfortunately, there was a chip on the side which says a little break on the side, which I'm going to try and fix. I might try and sort of dremel it out to a sort of squarer shape and insert a piece into it and glue it and sand it round because it's got a little mm. sort of chip in it where someone's broken it, which is really annoying because if I'd seen it when I bought it, I'd have got even more money off of it or I wouldn't have bought it. I would have got one off eBay or something because I really I love the aesthetics of that old wooden thing. It's totally unnecessary yeah. having that case that size, and it's ridiculous. But it was ridiculous seventy. I think it's reason seventy six, wasn't it? Seventy seven, I think. Yeah, yeah 70, it's got this ridiculous yeah. seventy thing. And I think I knew about it already, but it reminded me when I took the thing apart to fix it because with an Atari twenty six hundred, they are natively RF output video output, and mm. I've got. I think I might have. Ooh. You know what? I don't think I've got any TVs anymore. Maybe the front room TV's got RF in it still, but I don't think it would display very well on that, but it's only got RF. So there's a really easy mod you can do on a 2600 to mod it to RF, which is really simple. It's just a few, I think it's three resistors and a transistor on a little bit of circuit board. You just solder yourself, a couple of wires, and that's it. Just output some RCA jacks, and that's it. So I had to do that first time. So I took the thing apart. It was muddy. It was that dirty. It's been in this junk shop for God knows how long. It's muddy. So I cleaned it all off, put it in the shower, cleaned off the, the the cases in the shower. And what it struck me when I was taking the thing apart, how incredibly 70s well-constructed it is. It's got like six screws in the bottom. Screws, not glued together like iPads and stuff like that nowadays. Big screws mm. in the bottom. Took that apart. There's an actual aluminium box inside, a cast aluminium box, which the main circuitry sits inside. Because I think in the 70s, they're really paranoid about... Um, waves, weren't they? Mm. Microwaves. I don't know. Hello. Hello. Those kind of waves. waves. I think it was those yeah. waves coming out of the seventies that, that was really the problem. And a bit creepy. What was it? Was it microwaves? No. To do with the waves. Yeah, it was to do. Yeah, with... like microwaves came out in the probably was it seventies. Oh god, I've got them as microwaves now. Sorry, kids. No, it's it's the it's the maybe it's the radio frequency. It's the frequencies that come out of it. They, they were they were so. 
paranoid in the seventies about these things interfering with other like equipment. So they had to encase mm-hmm. everything in in big aluminium boxes, and that's what they did. They put aluminium shielding around stuff. If you open a Vic twenty up or a Commodore sixty four, there's a cardboard uh, overlay that goes around the whole PCB, and it's got sort of silver paper on it to sort of bounce off all the evil waves from the seventies and eighties. Anyway. The thing is really well constructed. I had to load the screws to undo it. It was bolted together really well. You could basically kill someone with it. You could use it as a bludgeoning weapon. Oh, have you tried? Yes. And successful. Shh. <laughs> the bodies. I know where they're all buried. In the garden. You haven't got a garden. Shut up. Don't tell them. In the, old garden. In the old garden. Oh, yeah. In the bin sheds. That's where I leave my bodies. Anyway, oh, forget God. about the bodies. So I fixed the thing, I got it working, but when I started to work it, I was using a, um, I got these little cartridges, which is sort of like a little blank PCB, and you can plug EEPROMs into them to make your own cartridges, homemade cartridges, basically. And I was playing a game on there called Jawbreaker, which is a really cool little game. I really like Jawbreaker. And it kept going into black and white and glitching out and wasn't working. So, and also another good thing about the 2600 original one is the main three chips in it the tier chip the 6507 and whatever the other one does they're socketed on the later ones they, they're cost reduced they weren't they weren't sort of soldered straight towards so I, I could take the 6507 cpu out of it and i had a spare one for some reason pop that in works fine but it kept going into black and white and color and just flipping between the two when you turned it on and long story short, I worked out is that cartridge is a bit dodgy. I'm not sure what's wrong with it. I don't think it was burnt properly or something. But all the other games are absolutely fine now. So I've put it all back together again. It's in the cupboard for now. I've ordered some other stuff, which we'll talk about later on, for it. So I can make my own little multi-carts. You can actually make your own multi-carts with it. Right. So I'm going to put... Because with Ataris as well, they were very small games. There was 2K games... 4K, 8K, and then divisions up to like, even nowadays, like 34K games, which is massive for Atari 2600. But the mm. games I want to play are mostly 4K. So I'm going to put, I think, 16 games together, and you use a 32-in-1 game cartridge, which was an official cartridge, which has got really crap games on it. You do a few little solder mods inside, put your own EEPROM in it, and then when you turn the machine off and back on again, a new game comes on through the list of games you put on there. Right, random or? No, no, I think they, they work actually. So if you put a little list on the front of the cartridge, what you've got on there, when you put it off and on, the next game will come on, off and on, next game will come on, etc. Until you, I think you power it right down for so many seconds and it'll go back to the start again. So I can put eight, I can put eight 8K games on there and 16 4K games on there. I've got a list of all the games I'm going to put on there. So I didn't really, there's not that many games I want to play. So the 8K ones is Asteroids, Galaxian, Hero, Jungle Hunt, Kangaroo, Montezuma's Revenge, which is brilliant, Ms. Pac-Man, and Tapper. That's the 8K games. And the 4K ones, I can't remember what they are now, but there's quite a lot of the 4K ones. So, yeah. I I'm used so- to love Montezuma's Revenge on Commodore 64. It's such I, a great game. I had that on the Atari 8-bit, and it is a really good game. And it I can't believe I'm saying this. It holds up on the 2600. It looks exactly the same, but chunkier. So it looks like you're really close to the TV when you're playing it. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good game. It, I think you know he had a he fell from a height of a doorstep and he died. Yes, he's not that very good at only, falling. He had very weak the angles. Problem with it. Yeah, that very was weak it. Angles, weak angles, Montezuma in brackets. Weak angles. Revenge. That, I think that I think that is Spanish for weak angles. Weak angles. Weak, weak angles. Weak five, angles. Five degrees is a weak angle, isn't it's it? It's a very weak angle. Not not. Acute at all, obtuse. No. 
acute what's acute what's acute is that 45 degrees is that an acute angle we'll we'll say yes for the editing yes yes sean yes all right and it's in the same shop so i've been having a bit of fun with that 26 basically i have more fun fixing these things and actually playing them but when i have my my little multicast i bought two recently i'm waiting for them to come from ebay and i've got to sold them and do everything i'll have basically all the games i ever want to play on it because a lot of the games are just they're just terrible but these ones are a bit of a, a little special place in my heart for them, so we're playing those. And on the original wooden thing as well. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit later on in the wallet section. But also in the same place, I didn't buy it, but I was very tempted, is that picture you was looking at, Sean. And the picture is of a oh, what was it made by? It was made by Planetron. Planetron. Planets of Tron. Planetron. You didn't buy it. No, I didn't buy it. This was 68 oh. quid. It was a bit more expensive, and I'd probably get the guy down. But it's basically, it looks like a Maui head. You know those Moi heads from yeah. East, Easter Island? It looks like that. It's, it looks like sort of a big, it's a big, I presume it was white once, but it's sort of a yellowed looking thing. It's like an oval shape. It's got a radio at the top and the controls for radio. And further down, it's got some like, um, the sliders for the volume and, and the controls and stuff. But then underneath it, it's got, a big massive gap looks like a mouth for eight track tapes. I have never owned an eight track. I've never pressed play on an eight track. I've never used one. But just for aesthetics, it really appeals to me. It does look cool, doesn't it? I bet Dean, the video game whisperer, our friend's got one of these. Cause he's into the old tech, isn't he? I bet he's got one. I did show it to him and he loved it. <laughs> he loved it. I'm surprised if he didn't zoom up from Wales to Glasgow and go and get it from under my nose. So I was looking at that. It's, I'll put, I've put the picture on the website. Have a look, kids. It's a beautiful looking thing. And I, I was so tempted. Also, just below that thing, near the counter in this place, I was just looking around for stuff because you really got to dig to find stuff. And you've got to be careful you not get covered in things because you just have an avalanche of junk at you. And I did see something. I thought, oh, that looks interesting. I turned it round and it was a four inch black and white CRT television inside like a box with, you know, radio and stuff, the old things. And it was made by Crown, which is a, a Japanese company, very high quality company. I was looking at it and the guy mentioned the price. And I went, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's quite muddy. I don't know if it'll work. He said, oh, and he basically dropped half the price immediately. And mm. I was so tempted. I might go back and get it. Do I need another black and white TV, Sean? Probably not. You'd do something with a little monitor though, wouldn't you? Probably. But black and white, you've got, you've only got RF on it. I'm not sure if you can even, maybe you can do it to composite. Cause it's, it's going back either sixties or probably seventies tech. And I'm not that clued up on that sort of thing, what you can do with it and whatever. But it, it was definitely RF cause that was the de facto input back then for, you know, aerials for TV stations and stuff. So you could put something RF in it, but I don't even know if I've got anything RF anymore because most of my stuff has been converted to, to composite. Did I ever tell you about my magic RF TV, LCD TV? I might have done. No, but you're gonna. <laughs> go on. The on magic Facebook, RF TV, go on. An LCD 50 hertz TV. I saw it on Facebook Marketplace a couple of years ago now. I've just been telling the, the lads about this in the chat. Yeah. And I looked, I looked on the... I don't know why I was on there, but I looked at it and there was a picture in the back and I thought, God, that's got all the inputs you'd ever need. It's got RF, it's got S-Video, it's got composite, and even up to HDMI. So it must have been one of them periods in in time where the the TV, where HDMI was new, but they were still putting the 
big controls. Yes. It. No, not comp- the only one it hasn't got is component. What RGB? But, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the rest, the rest of them, and I've I've used it for something that we'll talk about later on in the pickups. If it's got SCART, it's got RGB because SCART yeah, is RGB. Scar, Scar yeah, SCART. Well, so yeah. you, you can just make you can make you can jerry rig some things up to do that. Yeah. So yeah, the only thing you couldn't plug in is component. For that's brilliant. So I got it a couple of years ago, like twenty quid. This is an LCD TV, yeah. Yeah, it's an LCD. Okay. Yeah, and I used it to test uh, this thing, this pickup, on it, and to Ooh. test an old. That remember I brought that Spectrum down to your house, and you sort of fixed it. That up wasn't a Spectrum. That was a QL. That's it. Those I, sort of things. You they, just they reminded work. me. In that same shop, I found a big handful of QL cartridges because the QL took these little weird microdrive cartridges and I found a bunch of them. I've never seen them before. So if anyone's interested in those QL carts, if you're a collector of that particular thing, tell me and I'll pick them up for you. We'll do something. But it just seems a waste of sitting there doing nothing when they're quite... I don't think they're rare or expensive, but they're unusual and you don't see them very often. So if anyone is a, a QL collector... Give us a shout, and I'll we'll sort something out for you. It just seems guy, a waste sitting there. The guy that owned this shop was he called Mister Ben? There was two of them, and he he was quite eccentric, and I don't think he quite knew what was going on. Because when I went in there, and I was waiting for to, to finish talking to a customer, because they sell a lot of old camera equipment. And I think that's what a lot of people know the place for. Because mm. you know that like the old film thirty-five millimeter and stuff like that, they do a lot of that in there. And he was talking to a, a young lady in there who was really into it. Obviously, you know retro. Uh, photography is quite quite a thing and I said to him um, oh I suppose you categorically know where every single thing is in this shop do you and he sort of looked at me blankly and I laughed and he sort of sort of half smiled and looked away I thought oh I didn't mean to insult the guy because the place is an absolute tip absolute tip because I said mm-hmm. to him oh I'm really interested in old computers and video game consoles stuff like that the older the better have you got anything else and he sort of went oh I really don't know <laughs> and later on, I was wandering around. I, I bought, I bought the things, and I was wandering around, and I actually found a three eight six laptop. You know, one of the bendy lids with the sort of really rubbishy old LCD screens. It was that oh, was an Amstrad one, an Amstrad three eight six. So he did have other stuff in there. He just didn't. The poor guy didn't know what he's got. I bet he's got all sorts of brilliant things underneath. You know, right at the bottom of those piles. I wonder if he ever has a, a stock, well, a stock check. But the guy doesn't know what it means, I don't think. But yeah, it'd be interesting to, to have a proper route round stuff in there. It'd be really good. Do you know what he needs? What's that? Spreadsheet. Oh, I don't think you know what a spreadsheet. He'd probably lose it. Mm. <laughs> be at the bottom of a pile underneath a, a load of cameras or something. I don't think that in there. Mm. I, I think it was probably a good price, but not to me because I'm not interested in it. They had a boxed, Rubber ZX Spectrum 48K, rubber keyboard. Oh, wow. But he said it was fully quid. boxed with all the polys in there. And he reckons it's never been used, 150 quid. Right, is that a good price? I don't know. I, I think it probably is. If it's, ne- if it's never yeah. been used, but then again, if it's never been used, it's been in there for 30 or 40 years, and it probably won't work, because I think all the electrical components have dried up and stopped working just over time. Don't know, mm. but they're pretty easy to fix as well. But I don't need another Spectrum. I've got a couple of Spectrum Pluses and a Plus Two anyway, so I don't need those. But yeah, I just, I just interested to see it. I think I found another Mega Drive game. You had a couple of PS3s, you know, the big fat ones that play PS1, two, and three games, which yes. were interesting if you ever needed that. But I've got one of the skinny ones. So I don't really need that. Uh, what else did he have? 
We had a PlayStation 1, I noticed, in there, which was the same price, weirdly enough. should have been cheaper. Yeah, it's just one of those things where you just enjoy looking around at old stuff. Loads of stereo equipment, if you needed that sort of thing. Loads of it. Mm. On another note, I have been... I made... I've stopped making loads and loads of Vectrex controllers because it's just too much for me. I was doing them all the time. But I've made and sold a handful of them. I think I made nine of different ones I did. And I didn't do... I didn't do pre-orders either because normally people order them up and I do them to order and it's just a pain doing that. So what I did is I made nine different ones, an Asteroids one, a couple of Digitals, a couple of Big Boys, a couple of Big Boy Twins, a couple of Minis and I just put them on the Vectrex Fans Unite Facebook group and said, right, these are for sale. First come, first served. And the only ones I've got left now is the two Minis. I think they sold in the first night. Gone. Gone. Right, good. Oh, good. Which is really good. So that's nice. Um, I will continue to do these sporadically when, when I've got time to do them, because I do quite like making them, as long as I've got to make hundreds of damn things. But I need to get on and design the SNES one I'm going to do out of a grey box and an X68000 one, because I need to fix my X68000, because it's still not quite working properly. I've got a, a hopefully, I was hopefully over the Christmas period going to be able to do that, but I don't think I've got time. I've got time tonight to do it. And I've got tomorrow off work as well. We are recording. Today is Monday, the 3rd of January. I've got tomorrow off as well. We go back on the 5th because Scotland have an extra bank holiday at New Year's. Oh, I'm back tomorrow. Back in tomorrow. Into spread, into spreadsheet land. I like my job. It's just spreadsheet. Good. That's, that's a nice thing to hear, isn't it? Can we have a cup of tea? No, not Rick. Can you put it on a spreadsheet and send it to me, please? No. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I like it. So what have you been up to, mister? Oof, 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 oof. I've been here, doing here YouTube. Got never, 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 well, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I mentioned this last time. The last one I did was a YouTube interview with Jim Bagley. Did I mention that? I no, that wasn't the last one. Our one was the last one, wasn't it? I could have been. Yeah, because Jim Bagley yeah. had done his thing with his eight computers set up running the same yeah. code on eight computers at the show. And then we did our thing, which I refuse to watch because I'm in it. Have you not watched it? No, I will not watch that. Oh, it's good. It's I was good. there at the time. I, I, I was embarrassed enough doing it, let alone watching it back. It's funny. With my I like big it. face. I like it. I'm, yeah, I'm working on the next YouTube thing. I'm working on... Can you give us a hint G- what it's about? Konami, I think. Oh, good. I like Konami old, games. Old Konami games. I'm going to look at that. I've got Ooh. 10 to look at, but I've got 20. I hope Scramble's one of them. It is. I hope Scramble Turtles is one, is one of them. them. It's. I'm speaking. Well, I'm, I'm just waiting for a message back from somebody to get going on it, and then oh, and then I'll get onto that. And also, been doing the getting ready for the next retro games night at Geek Retreat Blackburn. Get down there, kids! Fantastic. Which Fantastic is this stuff. And also been messing around with a new because I got bored of my old Linux operating system. That's the beauty. Just change it. Just mm. ch- change it up. There's loads of them, isn't there? Yeah, there's thousands. There's a, there's only about thousands. Name them. I bet there's hundreds because yeah, I think there's hundreds. Yeah, it's lots of people just it, do offshoots, don't they? And just change it around a bit. Off, offshoots of offshoots. Yeah, the one I'm I've, I've settled on for now is called Pop 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 exclamation mark underscore OS. <laughs> yeah, so that was the mouthful well, you use of things. Pop OS, and I use Pop exclamation exclamation mark underscore OS. And really, it really rolls off the tongue like a load of barbed wire, doesn't it? It was a choice in between that and Zorin. You know Zorin. Zorin's pretty good, isn't it? Absolutely not. I've no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's pretty no good. idea. So I went for Pop OS because it's got better. It uses the integrated. I've got a sorry, a dedicated GeForce mobile graphics card in my laptop. 
Ooh. which the other operating system, KDE, Neon, didn't use proper, just didn't use it much at all, but this one does. Right. So when you play Borderlands, it uses, and MAME, like, it plays the games that are a bit more sort of processor heavy, like Alpine Racer and stuff like that. It plays oh, wow. them at full, at full That's speed. like 3D stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and, and Borderlands 2 it plays with a lot better enhanced graphics than that. So we're playing a lot of that. Okay. But yeah, it's just great getting used to another... I would never think of Linux as being a gaming system. I suppose for the is, older stuff it runs fine, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's getting there. It's Steam... It's, Steam are catching up with the Linux stuff. It, it, mm. it, I reckon my lad always says as soon as Linux gets good enough to play his games, he's ditching Windows 10. The only reason he's on yeah. Windows 10 is for the gaming. Do you, well, your lad being a, a dev kind of programmer, kind of behind-the-scenes IT person, would know this. Mm. And we've got some friends who do that sort of thing as well. Is Windows, is, I think, hardly ever, even Mac, never used for, for dev work. It's always Linux. Yeah, it's always Linux, some some sort of version version of Linux. So yeah, it makes sense that the the hardcore computer people would be Linux, and if they bring their gaming up to spec, that's what they're going to use. And you've just reminded me, Sean, of something else I was doing that had some Linux in it. Go on, I've been making that bar top CRT. It's a little nine inch CRT and a bar top. I'm making for a little with the controls. It's basically built. I need to paint it now and finish it off. That's all I've got to do. The T slot grooves are molded in there and everything. But I've put something that came through the door recently. I think I told you about it last time. I was waiting for it. It's the RGB Pi Plus. It's a little device. Yeah. You you solder it. No, sorry. You plug it into a Raspberry Pi, and then you solder on, or you can actually put little headers on it for the wires for red, green, blue, ground sync to the monitor, all your buttons and joysticks, and even sound. I think you've got to go to an external lamp. I've got to sort that out as well. It's a little device. So basically interface between a Raspberry Pi and an RGB screen and arcade controls and sounds. Mm. So it's, it's like that. It was, it was quite a 30-odd quid, something like that. It came really quick, really good products. Well, their, their products are really cool. They do one that, that outputs to SCART as well for, you know, for doing that sort of emulation to SCART TVs and stuff. But when I... The the, the version of... Ooh, what is it? It, uses, it runs loads of emulators, but it doesn't use Emulation Station which is what Linux uses a lot of. It uses right. their own thing. It Bat actually advertised not ES. And Does it use Batosira? I don't know, mate. I've no idea. But you put or Lacquer. Lacquer. You put the L-A-K-K-A. Image. Oh, I think it might do, actually. That, that rings a bell. Mm. You put the image on, on an SD card. You plug it into the Pi and it runs. But when I first tried working it or using it, I put the image on and I was using a brand new Raspberry Pi Zero Two, which is like the yeah. same sort of power as Raspberry Pi 3, but in a tiny form factor. It just wouldn't work. Would not work. I thought, oh no, I've broken the thing. I've done something wrong with it. But what I realised is that version of their operating system wasn't quite programmed for a Raspberry Pi 2, 02. It's slightly different. But I just happened to find a Raspberry Pi 3 lying around. I had one in a box. I went, oh, that's a 3. I'll use that. And it works perfectly. But when I started oh, nice. first using it, the image kept rolling. The sync wouldn't quite sync up and, and lock. It kept rolling up and mm. up and down. I was like, oh, for God's sake. And you, you adjust the monitor at the back. So you go one way and it goes really fast, like down. And you go the other way and it slows down and goes up. But it wouldn't lock. It kept just drifting out. And when you would mm. just get it to lock, it'd stay up for a couple of minutes and it just start moving again. I was like, oh, for God's sake. 
Mm. And I asked different places about it and I wasn't getting any replies because everyone was probably at Christmas, you know, it's, they're not going to be looking at their computers over Christmas time. And I was getting really frustrated. In the end, I thought, I wonder if it's to do with the sink. Because on, on arcade monitors, you've got two sinks. You've got horizontal and vertical sink. Mm. And with the monitors like this, a Cortec, which is very similar to a, a Hanterax, which is a really massive European monitor everywhere in Europe. It's got the two, and it's a white and a yellow. And I can't remember which one's which, but it nearly always uses a white cable. So you've got RGB, red, green, blue, black for ground, and white. And the other one is yellow, and you never use the yellow one. So the white one was plugged in. I thought, I wonder if it's got... And I knew, I knew in the back of my mind, I don't know a lot about monitors, but I know in the back of my mind, some boards and some monitors need to have the two sinks tied together. So you just basically wrap the wire together and then you know put it there. So I put a little link from the white wire going into the, the, the next port of the plug to the yellow wire, perfect. I actually worked something out for myself because I dredged my memory and remembered you had to do Ooh, something like that, and I'm it works not, perfectly I'm not good at that. So I'm really happy about getting that working, and it, and it syncs on perfectly now, and it plays games absolutely lovely. So I need to get on. When I go back to work, I'm going to spray it at work. I've got some undercoat spray, grey undercoat and some black. Spray it, get the tea moulding on it, get the little uh, sound amp in there and the speaker, and it'll be finished. And I'm going to make, because I've actually put a little a little 9-pin D-plug in there to the control, so you can unplug that, whip off the control panel, put other ones in. And because it's a horizontal-only display, I'm going to make a little control panel for Defender and a little control panel for Robotron, two-stick Robotron, so you can play different games on it. How cool is that? Nice, isn't it? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm, I don't know if I'll keep the damn thing, but it is a nice little thing so far. But I, I'm trying to do projects and then get rid of them so I can have more room for other projects. So I like I like making things. There's someone I've just followed following on Twitter recently called I think he's called like More Fun Making It, and I understand that sentiment exactly. You make mm. it, get it working, play it for a little bit, and then next want to do another thing, get rid of that. Have someone play that. You can't make things, and I'll do good with the next thing. Yeah, just reminded me of that. Right, what did you get for Christmas? What did Father Christmas bring you? Hold on, let me just run the the wallet music. Recent pickups. Christmas wallet. Christmas wallet. So you go first, because I don't think I got any Christmas arcade stuff. Oh, apart from a little Pac-Man arcade from my mum, which is a nice sentiment, but it's not a very good thing. <laughs> it's one of those LCD ones, but yeah. I'm going to use it as a little ornament. It looks nice. Thank you, Mum. I got, yeah, similar. I got two monoculars, like which is a, a one-lens monocular. So you can sell us open together and make binoculars? Yeah, you could do. Wow. This is, this is, for, looking tape. At, this is for looking at the dark skies. And all you can see of, is dark... Every single day since Christmas Day has been cloudy. Yeah, it's Ye- been yes- raining a lot in, in Glasgow. A lot. Yesterday, was it yesterday? I think we went up to a potential dark skies site, a forest Ooh. of Bol- Boland, A-O-N-A-B-A, yeah. the area of outstanding natural biscuits. Ooh. They've got they've got a few dark sky sites. So we drove up there and I, we went for a, a coffee in a pub and I spoke to the landlady and she said, oh, yeah. Because there's a little village called Sladeburn. Mm-hmm. And I says, this won't be very dark, sky sky She said, yeah, it is. There's about three three street lamps on at night. Yeah, because that's what you want to get rid of, the, no- the 
the light pollution yeah. so you have really dark skies so you can see the stars <laughs> properly that's a place to go and there's another one we want to look at called beacon fell country park car park yeah so, so it sounds like dogging sean yeah, no, no, there's no, no, no one there last time. Good, good. Mm. You just want the stars. That's all you want in the car. Yeah, it's, it's, just it's, the a shame. it's a shame, man. So I just use my binoculars instead. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 what we want to do. So that's what I want to do. But obviously do you know, yeah. in mm. certain parts of Scotland, in the northern, right up, right up north, proper north, not where I am, certain times of the year you can see the aurora borealis, northern lights. Mm. I'm not sure what time of year that is, but we need to make a we need to make a date for that. If we can do that, it'd be really. Cool. I'd love to see the Northern Lights. I don't fancy going to Iceland or wherever Norway or whatever it's to to do it. But yeah, we need to keep an eye on that. Yeah, Milky Way's my thing, isn't it? But also, I got yeah, it's always about uh, sweets for you, isn't it? Milky Way jumper. Dilbert calendar, I like Dilbert. Now I'm back in an office life. I like Dilbert. Oh all yeah, about, yeah. All about office office politics is very funny. Got some money. You can you can use money. Oh yeah, that, I remember that stuff. Life. It's like um, it's like papery stuff, isn't it? And little yeah. round metal things. Yeah. Oh, I remember those. You used to put them in arcade machines. I remember. That. I thought, yeah, you, you can pay for. Well, it's very rare now, but you can pay for stuff with money. Really? Instead okay. of that plas- plastic card, uh, got some crisps. Got crisps for Christmas. Uh, yeah. Did you get a lump of coal for being a bad boy as well? I like coal. It's good. And I've put a picture on. I got from a well-meaning secret Santa person at work. I got a My Arcade plug and a play. 220 video games built in. Yeah, but video- it's a plug apostrophe n play. Plug n play. Plug n play. It was comp- only composite out. Yes, <laughs> so as it should totally- be. That tells you some USB control, so you've got to... And the games. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, the games. I looked at an online review of it, and it definitely seems to be a NES on a chip. Yeah, they always are, aren't they, those things? I think some of them are are a Mega Drive on a chip or something. Oh, that'd be better, I think. Slightly one-up. But the the games are amazing. They're so bad. They're good. I found a shooter and I thought, oh, this is all right. What's it actually. called? They've got some hilarious names. I think it's called F-22. <laughs> Not F-U-22. Primitive Man. Or Primitive Man is a platform a platform wow. thing that that this little squirrel chases you and you just die. There's, <laughs> there's a game some of them I've... look like they've just been done in a school, like a kid's made it for school and they just oh, I'll have that. I'll have that on the plug and play. There's a game of Mahjong that we can't move the tiles. <laughs> so it's basically a Mahjong wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> There's another like Micro Machines one where the speed horizontal is like 29 mile an hour and up, up is like a, just a crawl. But is Circus Chabley on there? I don't think so. When I went to Japan uh, 12 years ago now, when we got married, 20, 2010 for our honeymoon, um, I, th- I found that they're like a little shop just selling little nicks and knacks, goodies. And there was these little nests on a chip, like you said, little tiny thing, little purple. I think I've still got it somewhere. I might have taken it apart. And it's basically like, you know, a hundred. It says, it says like a million games. There's usually a hundred on there and like 20 of them are the same game, like you said. And it, I was playing it in the hotel, like in the evenings, we had nothing to do. You know, we just, we'd done the day and we were just relaxing in the hotel. I plugged it into the hotel TV because it was just composite only. 
And it was a game on there, and it was Cir- Circus Charlie, obviously the, the mm-hmm. Konami brilliant little game. But it's called Circus Chabley, because he's got the name <laughs> wrong. And there was one called Bird Game. And if you know anything about the, the way we speak on this silly podcast, we, we make up our own words. And the word for burb is now burb. Yeah. So did, did that one have a burb game on it? <laughs> Because one of them is just called games. Bird Game. And it's just a, I don't know, I think you're a bird like grabbing eggs or something out of a tree. Bird Game. It's just, just junk like that. And they, they are hilarious. But the thing is, your coworker who got you that had the right idea. So yeah. it, it's really charming they had the right idea at least. Like my mum getting that, a Pac-Man for me. It's just, she had the right idea. Rather than just getting money or jumpers or whatever, or book tokens, she had the right idea. And I love it. It's really good. Yeah, it's 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 so bad, it's good fun. Do yeah. You know what I mean? It's There's a load of stuff. There's fishing games. Well, what do you do with them? You just press a button and they... You, you plonk your line in. When a fish gets older, you press a button and it, it gas it. I don't know. It never <laughs> works. I couldn't, I couldn't grab a fish. Octopus but, game. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah, there's like shoot too much with no score and... Oh, it's with great. no score? <laughs> No score. <laughs> you got to count them yourself. One, you two, finish two, it, it two says, three, four. It says game over for it, right? No score. <laughs> no ice. <laughs> they just forgot to print it on screen. Oh They're wow! So bad. That sounds just amazing. Some, some of them are really br- like maze games. You can't get around the corners, and it's just. Do you know uh, what, Sean? Reviewing all two hundred and twenty games on that would make a fantastic podcast of us doing those. Yes. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, the the chat I mean they're on about that. We should have a night around your ass playing these games. I think so, you just die laughing with some of them. Yeah, so that's what's reminded me of this fifty hertz TV. So that's the only thing it works on in this house. Yes, brilliant. But yeah, power. A lot of them are made by Power Joy Limited. Power Joy, Power Joy, Joy of Power. So I was I was going down a bit of a rabbit hole looking them up and like they've, they've done like loads of other little handheld things in China, but the control is so bad as well. There's there's a thing that looks like a, a trackball on it. You think, oh, it's got a trackball on it. In the, can you see in the top? top yeah, yeah. It's just a bit of round plastic. <laughs> like a spherical brown plastic. There's no light under it or nothing. You'd think that... With, obviously, they make these for nothing money and then sell them for mm. like 15 quid in these little silly gift shops. You'd think by now they'd do a, a, quite a good one. Same thing, but they'd perhaps put a, a little steering wheel on it, like an analogue steering wheel for racing games or whatever. Maybe a spinner for like the bat and ball. Cause there's loads of bat and ball games, loads of, and it just make a good little thing. You know, mm. have all the controls on one, but they're just, they're just bad. It's just, just bad. <laughs> the, the, the only thing that's had any work put into it are the title screens. Some of the title screens are quite decent. You know, you see probably it on stolen a, from other games. You'd see it on a NES, like yeah. fish primitive and you. <laughs> An absolute. Have you got Abs- the box I, I, to hand? You can just read out some of the names of the games because some of them no, are it's not on the box. Brilliant. I should have. I should have left it on my TV so I could. We'll do, do that next time because some of the some of the game names are brilliant. But the, the one that got me was like Bird Game. I think there's one called Door Door as well. Yeah. Because I remember the the Pixel Hunt podcast friends of ours did it, and because they're all very northern, Door Door becomes Da Da. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like they're making some language. Da Da. <laughs> right, let's get on the next section, Sean. Your your two hundred and twenty broken video games in one. It sounds amazing. Yes, it is good. Hello, I would like to know what are the games you've been playing a lot. So, 
uh, obviously we've been playing Super Pang a bit for our review this month, but to me, for me, I've been playing 2600 games and there's a little list I sort of mentioned earlier. The first Pitfall game, because I managed to burn that to an EEPROM because I can mm. fit the first game on. I think the second one's a bit bigger. The Demon Attack. Good game, though. A little bit good like game. Phoenix. Mm. Carnival on the 2600. It plays almost as good as the arcade version. This has it got, is, it's got yeah, everything it needs. It's brilliant. Good. The ducks look a bit funny, but you know. Jawbreaker. Have you ever played Jawbreaker? No. You should look that up. It's a great little game. Uh, Lock and Chase. That's a good version on the 2600. I know it's more... When you think of Lock and Chase, I always think of the Intellivision. Because I played it on it. It's almost arcade perfect on the Intellivision, believe it or not. But the, the 2600 version looks a bit more primitive, but it plays really well. Uh, Space Invaders, a childhood favourite of mine. Looks nothing like Space Invaders. But it's but, really good. But the good? top Space Invader has got like a wonky aerial. And he looks like a little TV man. I like him a lot. He's a, He would be a good tattoo to have. Yeah. Do you know the guy I'm on about? He's a little sort of rounded yeah. guy and he's got like a broken aerial on his head. He's really good. Uh, Asteroids, that's a great version. You're just basically hitting pink and green blobs. It should be called pink and green bloboids. And Night Stalker, which was originally an Intellivision game again, but the 2600 version is actually better than Intellivision version. That's a maze thing, isn't it? It doesn't look as good. It's a maze game, and you've got to go and grab a gun, and then you've got a certain number of bullets to shoot with, and you've got to go grab a gun again from somewhere random in the maze. And it's like evil spiders and bats and warlords after you. But with the Intellivision version, you have to play it with, you know, that horrible disc they got on there. They got oh, like yeah, a telephone yeah. number, numbers on it. You, you couldn't just fire in like the left or up direction. You had to fire with a corresponding button on top of it. So you'd move around with a disc and then mm. fire up with like, it was like a keypad. So it was like, you know, two and down was like seven. Left was five or whatever. And you had to shoot in certain, it would be better if it was a, as a twin stick game, obviously, but on the Atari 2600, which only had a one button joystick, you had, if you were, Facing left, and you shot. You'd you'd shoot left, and it just plays better on there, much better. Mm. So that's a good little version on the twenty six hundred. And I got some others to go on those little multi carts I'm gonna be making. But I think there's about maximum twenty games I ever want to play on the twenty six hundred. Even though there was hundreds, like over five hundred made for it. And the, some of the some of the homebrew games nowadays are amazing. You wouldn't believe yeah. they work on twenty six hundred. The Boulder Dash, yeah. Boulder Dash on the twenty six hundred is. I can't believe it works on that machine, on a stock machine. I think it it might have more RAM on board in the cartridge or something. I don't know, but it, it just plays really well. And there's a really nice version of Scramble on there, which actually works with a two-button joystick. You can you can use a two-button joystick on a 2600 if games can ad- adapt for it. Got some good scramble coming up. Also, uh, games I've been playing, if it, I've got my favourites locked in on my cab, really. Yeah, just cool. Like, so you should like, do Sun Sun, Volgus, Horizon, which I really like. I'm yeah. really, you know, follow up to Moon, Moon Patrol. Moon Patrol 2, Mushi Himasama, just uh, Batsugan. I've started playing quite a bit again. Batsugan! Batsugan! What? It's me, Batsugan. Italian. Doesn't work. Batsugan. Wouldn't mm. that be good? I'd shoot in Mario's and that. And that. I Never think not. in Japanese it'd be Batsugan. You don't say the U, do you? Batsugun. You don't say in the middle of a word, you don't say you. If I'm correct, I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah, it's a Batsgun. Batsgun, yeah, so that's that's good. And Borderlands 2, I'm back on you it. You love that flipping game, don't you? I've never played it, but you love it. It's just a sh- run-around shooty game. 
It, yeah, there's a lot to Super it. There's, lo- there's, there's loads of humour, and I think I've said before, the only thing that Arcade doesn't do for me is the first-person shooter. There are some. There are some that do exist, but they're you not. You get Half-Life. That came out in the Arcade. Yeah, I think the big thing you sit in with a big sort of weird ball controller jobby. Yeah, I think that's an arcade club. I think. Oh, that's interesting. Is it Half Life? I think it is. Because there wasn't many released, and I know someone who's got two of them. Because it was COVID, Mm. it's it's been like switched off because you have to put a face thing on. Oh, I see. And cleaned every time someone uses it. I did not know that. I think it's Half Life. Ah, oh, it might be count, might be Counter Strike. I, I don't know. Remember. I can't remember. It's I'll turn into FPS. a normal bloke from down mine. I don't <laughs> so, know why I've done this. So yeah, should go for a pint. Come on, lad. Been playing them, and also been playing one of my two hundred and twenty broken Nez on a chip games. I've got through about yes. eight of them. Wow! Without your head exploding. Yes, there's some great fishing ones. And as <laughs> <laughs> so when we got a tickle of fish out and just lob it on the bank, tickle, 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 throw. Tickle, 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 throw. You, th- you throw left your right, line. Left right, left right, button one. You, you pick your law, and then instead of, moving left, instead of moving left and right, just to, to, to move it around so the fish grab it, you've got to move, press two buttons, and it just sort of snakes, the line snakes over each side of the screen. <laughs> Scares all the fish away. It's so bad. It's good, kids. Get it. Sounds amazing. Put a link in the no-shows. They're going like hot cakes. They're going like old cakes in a bin. Going like hot cakes gone cold and mouldy. Yes. Arcade news. There's been a bit of news over the uh, the festive period, isn't there? So yeah, our good old friend Pong. Yeah, that's exactly that's what it sounds like. Uh, it's turned fifty. And also to, well, not commemorate it really, but just coincidentally, Arkanoid Eternal Battle will be coming out in 2022. Now, I've got a problem with this with your link. Spiritual sequel kind of, isn't it? Yeah, Arkanoid was a bat and ball game. It sort of turned up the pong and it it was basically the de facto bat and ball game in the 80s, wasn't it? Arkanoid's really good. Arkanoid 2's really good. I like Arkanoid quite a lot. I am absolutely terrible at it. Mm. But I, I like the game and I like watching People who are good playing it. It's really a cool little game. And there's lots of different versions, but Arkanoid 1 and 2 were the good ones. So this new one is called Arkanoid Eternal Battle, and it's by Microids. Now your link, I looked at your link, and it's a little video. It's about a 15-second video of just the word Arkanoid. That's it. That mm. video is absolutely pointless. It's not a teaser. It's annoying. It doesn't show anything of the game. It doesn't even show any any... Any flat screenshots, you know, static screenshots, nothing. It just got the word Arkanoid. Eternal, but yeah, I can't find anything else. Pointless. I had a quick look about an hour ago. I'm looking forward nothing, to this. Mate. It is really annoying. <laughs> They're just showing the word Arkanoid. Absolutely pointless. Don't do it. Mm. I'm going to write to my local ombudsman about that. Dear <laughs> Have you seen Arkanoid Eternal Battle? Never mind that pothole. It's an absolute disgrace. Yes. I'm offended. I'm Have visually offended. Have you seen the Pac-Man DIY clock on Instructables.com? I have. This is good, really cool. That This is an absolute peach of a project. This is basically, it tells you how to make it. You use, oh, it's not an Arduino, is it? Is it an Arduino? An ESP32, is that one of those little single board computers? It looks like it. 
yeah, this person's done their own code for it and everything. And it basically uses a little LCD display, like a three inch, four inch display. It's got a little housing. It tells you how to make 3D print it, make it all together, make all the bits, get all the parts and everything. You can do it on a, on a breadboard. You can buy a PCB and get it printed. It's just a really all in one, really cool little thing. It's a little clock that plays videos of Pac-Man running around the place. I think you use, you can have it as an alarm clock. It can have sounds on it and stuff. It's really nice. Really nice little desktop project that. I love it. But also thinking, do you remember my Pac-Man clock from years ago? My Pac-Man clocks I think so. were 1% technical of what that thing is. There's a picture in our show notes, and I've put it on the show notes on the website as well. Mm. So basically, I, I milled out shapes from perspex of the, the ghosts from Pac-Man. They're not monsters. They're ghosts. Look at them. They're ghosts. I'm not having this conversation. They're ghosts. Pythagoras uh, podcast. Yeah, they they can just do one, <laughs> do one, you lot. They're ghosts. <laughs> and I basically milled out a sort of uh, a pixelated ghost. They're about eight inches square, and I did the eyes, the, the the white and the blue of the eyes, glued it all together, and put a hole in the middle and one of those analog clocks in it. So it's basically a little battery powered clock, which, which looks like a Pac-Man. I did. Well, I did the Pac-Man Ghost. I did light blue ones, orange ones, pink ones, red ones. And I did myself a black one, which is in our picture. Because mm. that was the only black one I did. So that's my one. Um, but yeah, they, they look nice, but they weren't anywhere near as, as intelligent as this, this one we're talking about, the you know, Instructables. So we put the link in the show notes. And if anyone makes one, please send us a picture of it working. It's lovely. You can buy them ready-made as well. Oh, really? Mm. Do, you know, do you know how much they are? Remember how much they are? 11t, 11t pence. 11t pence, yeah. That's a good price, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Very informative. Yeah. I'm going to slap you so hard in a minute. <laughs> arcade Heroes, the website, is 15 years old. These sites for modern arcade releases, if you're interested in that. It's but really he, good. He did a retrospective look, which which is awesome. I think I've put a link in, and, and it was 40 years of arcade games. Brilliant. It's one, it's one of his biggest viewed YouTube videos and i haven't looked to do again but i did an interview with him mm. in podcast 38 in june 2015 really that far back wow he's an arcade owner and he, he runs this site and i listened to it again this morning yeah, and he's kind of yeah it's very good and guess what the the game of the month or game of the couple of weeks was during yeah what was it 38 oh god knows there's a there's a link it might give you a clue oh oh Oh, my favourite game, Volfide. Volfide, yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine recently. He was playing Kicks, uh, uh, you know, the, the original sort of liney game. And I said, you don't want to play that. Volfide is the best game ever. It's my favourite of those kind of games. It's like, it's basically the third in that. goes Kicks, Super Kicks, Volfide. Volfide mm-hmm. was sort of the spiritual successor to it. But yeah, we, we, re- we reviewed Volfide back then. And if you haven't played Volfide, kids, don't listen to Sean. It's an absolutely brilliant game. It's, it's if you like the line. I've never liked the fill in any boxy liney games. So. I do. They're, they're sneaky. You've got to sneak up and do little sort of things. And there's lots of tactics and secrets in that game. Love it. Mm. Love it. I love the graphical style as that as well. Talking about Arkanoid, that has got a very similar graphical style to Arkanoid. I think in the podcast I said I could almost guarantee the, the people who did the art on this did Arkanoid. It's very similar stylings. Lovely. Yeah. That's, I know sort of 16-bit mean. futuristic kind of look. Love it. Metallic. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Metallic. Like some metal. 
Yes. Like some metal that's been... Metal aliens. ...moulded into a future bat that looks like a, a tablet. Not a, not a tablet that you write on, oh, but a God, tablet that you, that you take. Like, just let him do it. Let him run through it. He'll just get <laughs> like, out of his system. He'll be okay in a minute. Right, one you take for lack of biscuits. You can just fast forward this if you like, people. He'll be gone. He'll be done right, in a minute. Go on. Sorry, oh, hello. You're back. Yeah. Was it nice over there? In that it's little all right. Yeah, a thing bit, of bit yours, lonely. Little world a bit of lonely, yours. But, yeah. yeah. You have earned the right to be alone, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Atari 7800, which is one of my uh, one of my other consoles I like. And Mr. Sean Courtney, just talking about the podcast the pie factory podcast mr sean courtney of said podcast does a really good homebrew homebrew review of games for the 7800 if you haven't listened to it listen to it it's really good and he'll probably be doing a review of this soon this is a report of ghosts and goblins for the atari 7800 would you think that game would work on that machine not really it's amazing what these programmers can do some of the games on the 7800 the new ones are absolutely worlds apart Scramble on the 7800 is amazing. I've got it. I bought it. And uh, Bonk, it's called B Star NQ, which is basically an exact replica of Qbert, is Mm. absolutely brilliant on the 7800. That's the two homebrews I bought when I was in America ages ago. Absolutely brilliant games. And this looks to be really good as well. I'm interested in getting this one. They use bank switching, don't they? They each level is like fills up the full memory, and they just just swap it. So you can put lots in there. Yeah, it looks really good. Have you ever switched banks? Uh, Yeah, I think I've gone from TSB to NatWest before, and that was (laughs) uninspiring, to be honest with you. It's very boring. Atari cart. No, no. no. Oh, Oh well. Anyway, kids, Scramble Infinity for the Commodore 64. Oh, yeah. Have a look at this. It's a beautiful version of Scramble. It's It's got Commodore 64-style graphics, but they're very good. There's parallax scrolling, and the levels are exactly yeah. the same, exactly the same as the traditional Scramble. But imagine being a 13-year-old kid. Before just, you get on to being a 13-year-old kid, imagine yeah, it. I have to yeah. put in... How brilliant this game is. I look, I watched the video from our link, which is in the show notes, and I put a comment on there. This game looks, it's, it's Scramble, right? From the old mm. Konami Stern game. As you said, it follows exact pattern of the game. So if you're familiar with the game, you'll be exactly familiar with this. But this looks better than the arcade on a stock Commodore 64. It looks better than the arcade. It's got really nice sound. I think it might even have music as well. But basically, rather than having just the very simple, like two colored sprites, they've got multicolored sprites. It has got that Commodore 64 thing where it looks quite muted colors. There's no mm. reds in there and stuff, but it, it works really well. The, the person who's done the pixel art on this is an artist. It looks absolutely brilliant. It plays well. I think when you shoot, it bombs at the same time because there's only one button on a Commodore 64. If they can make it a two-button game or if there's an option for two-button, even better. Because I made a Commodore 64 joystick with two buttons in it, so it can be done. It's absolutely brilliant. And as you said in our notes, if you were 13 years old and you got this, the Spectrum people wouldn't have a a word in edgeways. You'd just be like, no, this is way better than any Spectrum game that's ever going to be made, ever. And you'd probably be right. It looks just, it's just 
an absolute work of art. The person who's done this, I don't know how long they've taken to make it, but it looks absolutely brilliant. I shall be getting it for my Commodore 64 when it's released. These homebrew things like for the Vectrex and stuff are just incredible, aren't they? The homebrew, I was talking to someone recently on Twitter about some homebrew stuff and I was recommending, um, oh, who makes them? Tutstronics that makes the, the modern games for the, the, Vect- the Vectrex, the Vectrexians. Vector Patrol. Vector Patrol. And what was the other one? Uh, Vector, Time Pilot. Ve- Vector Pilot. Vector Pilot, yeah. Those three games are probably the best games ever made on the Vectrex. They're, they're way better than the original games made back in the 80s by professionals. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Chris CMP, Chris Parsons' games from Vector Republic, his games are brilliant as well. Binary Star, um, Clockwork Robot, uh, there's a guy called Luke's. Luke Soft does them. Some of the games of the Vectrex are just way beyond anything that was ever officially made. It's way better. And you're getting the same on the Spectrum and the Commodore 64. NES gets some new games. Loads of versions, like Commodore 64 as well. It's just, they're brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The people making games nowadays, they must have all the tricks. They know everything about the machine. They can have extra memory and stuff and extra chips and all this sort of stuff. Absolutely brilliant. Such good work coming out. And, and please keep doing it. Please keep doing it. And please make... A lot of them are just releasing ROMs. You can play it on an emulator or whatever. But if you make the cartridge or the tape or the disc and make a box for it, it's just a collector's piece as well. And I just mm-hmm. I love those. I love those. Ooh, here's the one I'm interested in. CRT news. Could you believe that in 2022, Sean, about CRT TVs? I can in this trade, sir. Oh, yes. Recently in interviewed... This, this business. Uh, someone called At Engine Tankard. He is a creator of an open-source CRT chassis. So not the actual tubes, but the actual bit that runs the electronics that runs the TV mm. that's currently in progress. If you're a fan of CRTs, definitely check this one out. And there's a link in the show notes from Retro, Retro RGB. There's not a lot of news on it yet, but is an exa- exciting development for CRT. So best of luck with that. So if, if they can release chassis, especially if they're universal, run on nearly any tube, that'd be absolutely brilliant. So you could have new monitor chassis in all your arcade machines, and they would, would never break down unless the tube died, which is rare. So that'd be really mm. future-proofing your arcade machines, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm yeah, all I'll, for that. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there with it. Right. Sega Astro City. Oh, little, yes. I need a little like mini this one. one. But you <laughs> need to have bigger eyes, don't you? Yeah, I need big eyes. You need to gaffer tape your two monoculars onto your face, and you can play this one. It, would, it might work. This yeah, is a-, a mini arcade machine. It uses a little LCD screen, and it plays a bunch of Turplan shooters, which you're right into, aren't you, Sean? Yeah, they, they did the horizontal one, didn't they? It's quite expensive, I think, and it's it only It'll come down in price before long. But the games, mm. it's like, like my heaven. It it's is. like a, a load of Turplan games, Batsugun, Doggy Yoon, Tatsujin, which is Truxton. What else? Mooncrester. Uh, Mooncrester, Nichibutsu, Terracrester. Uh, Sikio Games, Strikes 1945, Gunbird, Sonic Wind, which Gunbird is kind of sick. Raiden. Yeah, so Raiden, I, yeah. I was looking, when, when you look at the videos, the, the Terraplan ones come up, copyright Tatsujin Co. So someone has got, I remember when we did that Terraplan special, the the Toa Plan copyrights were all over the place. No one, no one 
no one knew what owned who owned what. Oh right. But Absolutely. it looks like a company called Tatsujian, which is in their trucks at the minute. Yeah. Own, owns these games or owns the license to it. Cool. And I've I Googled Tatsujian and like Jin is a genie and Tatsu is a kind of curry. So it's curry genie. Really? <laughs> curry genie owns it. Okay. Have you ever seen a curry genie? I, I'm doubting your knowledge on that, but it sounds good. A curry genie. Curry you genie. Can, you, instead of ringing at your local genie shop. So if you get one of those little lamps, right, you give it a good little polish, this yeah. thing comes out and says, yeah. you have three curry wishes. What curry wishes would you have, Sean? I'd have a sack. Yeah. I'd have a gel frazy. Yeah. And if I was feeling really, really adventurous and I had some milk, yeah. I'd have a madras. What I'd have, prawn pindi. Which has got a mm. boiled egg in it. Amazing. Oh, I love eggs. Lambuna. Oh, yeah. And a chicken hot one. Not a fowl. Maybe a vindaloo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh. So I wonder if this. this... Curry genie. <laughs> I've got you going mad like it has. I, I could if... do the. I could do the. I was going to say I could do the genie then. I could do the curry right now. And it's basically 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, and also Mooncrest Terror Crester that comes upon this video. Copyright Hamster Co. And don't hamster do a lot of the arcade reissues. On they the do, Switch. so maybe they, they own the maybe they own the license for it for that particular game. Thing about it's, this, right? The the good thing about this little little machine is it. I saw. I think I saw it a little while ago when they were probably just prototyping it. If you press the screen in on the corners. It's got like a little clicky spring on it, and it comes out. You turn it 90 degrees, click it back in again, and you've got Tate. So you can go from Yoko to Tate in one motion. So you can play the horizontal games and the vertical games in the proper orientation, which I absolutely is? love. Hmm? Yoko, is that yeah. proper for horizontal? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like this thing. I don't know if I'll buy one. I, I need to stop buying things because I'm just terrible for it. It looks brilliant, though. I really like the look of it. And I've got a little SNK machine up there, a little Neo Geo Mini, which I'm hopefully going to put in and make a portable out of it one day. I really like this. They need to get the joystick right, though, because the joystick on the SNK one is fudgy and horrible. It's like an analog fudgy thing, and I'm going to convert it to digital when I do my thing. The weird thing about this is they've got loads of cool shmups in there, which you like, the Sikio ones and the the Turplan games, all that sort of stuff. And mm. Raiden, which is a really good thing. I love Raiden. They could have put Raiden 2 on there. That would have made it heaven for me and I probably would buy it if that was the case. But they've also got Zaxxon on there. A really old Sega game. Now Zaxxon's a horrible game. I never liked Zaxxon because it's that that isometric thing. You never know where your height is and stuff. But they've got all those sort of like, you know, mid-80s, 90s games. Big shooters, almost bullet hell sort of thing. And then you've got Zaxxon. What? That's Mm. odd, isn't it? Bit of an odd thing to put on there but it, the is thing a, is, it is a sega game isn't it perhaps they're just perhaps it's just yeah. a, f- a filler maybe it's a filler the way do you know what if that thing is i presume it, it's usb based and someone will hack it and put yeah. loads of other roms on it because it's just a mini computer inside you know like a arduino or a pi or whatever it is a version of that the good thing about that little cab is if, if you're a kind of person that lives in maybe a small house or hasn't got a lot of room or has got lots of things going on, kids and all that sort of stuff, you could buy that, hack it, and play every single game you want to play in the right orientation. You play horizontal games and vertical games, just 
click it over, click it over, back again. Absolutely perfect. I'm really looking forward to looking at this. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I'll be able to play one, have a look at one in the future. Do like it. Talking about Tower Plan, as you do often, Sean, because you're one of your favourite developers, there's a documentary on Kickstarter coming up. Uh, Thank you for the heads up from Cayman Sweden for telling us about this. I've looked at the Kickstarter, and it seems quite expensive. I think the lowest tier to actually get the film when it's made that you can watch is $29, and they send it to you Mm -hmm. digitally. But there's lots of other things you can get with it, T-shirts and stickers and blah, 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 and lots of things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it does look good, though. be interesting to, uh, to to hear and see about um, the development of their game back in the game, back in the day. It's got a couple – I think it's got – I can't remember his name, but one of the guys that did all the music is on it, and maybe both of them that did the early music um, – Mas- Masahiro Musicali. Don't mangle a Japanese name, Sean. We can't do it. We're rubbish as Westerners. We're rubbish yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, we, we know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I, I look forward to seeing that in the future. Right. What, have you, got what a, have you been eating over the festive period, I've Sean? I've got a couple of these in, waiting in the wings. Oh. No, I haven't got wings, but you know what I mean. And I'm this, looking at a picture about what you're speaking about. Uh, and yeah. it is half-coated chock chunk cookies. Another Aldi special. Oh, I, do you know what? I'm going to have to get my bottom down to Aldi, because they do some good biscuits there, don't they? This is like, I think oh, it's my about Lord. eight biscuits. That'll do. That's enough. For one sitting, and it is exactly what it says. It's half coated chocolate chunk, and it, the, the, you know, like them ones you got me a, few, a couple of months ago. That yes. from that are like They're about three quarters of an inch thick, or like a meal. <laughs> yeah, a meal in a biscuit. <laughs> well, they're like that, but cut down. But, but yeah, re- something like eighty nine p or whatever they were. This is amazing value and very good. Because Al- Aldi and Lidl are a German based supermarket, aren't they? I think. Two brothers own the two store, two two franchises. German biscuits are really good. The Germans yeah. know how to do biscuits, mate. They really do. Yeah, I think is it called Dave? Dave Little, Dave Little, create- and um, Lawrence Aldi. Yeah, they create. They their brothers like with bis- different names, obviously. A biscuit creation facility, and that's all they do. They're not bothered about them. It's all on the moon, cheap- I think that. <laughs> All that cheap veg and stuff you can buy is just to fund their biscuit creation. It's just a front, isn't it, for biscuit manufacture? A biscuit creation facility. Biscuit pushers, that's what they are. They've yeah. got a cabal of biscuit makers. Yeah, and these are the latest creation to get you hooked. Yeah. So you come in for your lettuce and tomatoes and you end up with a carrier bag full of these. Oof, it doesn't oof. sound a bad way to die, Sean, honestly. No, yeah, I do. I'm gonna have to get myself down there. They do look lovely, mate. And me and Titwife, we do like a biscuit. Mm. Our waistlines don't, obviously, but we do like a biscuit. Have you put any weight on over Christmas? (sighs) I'm not sure. Living in Glasgow is not good for my weight because the food here is absolutely amazing. Glaswegians eat really well, or they can do Mm. if they want. Yeah, the, the food here is amazing. I have to be careful. When I get to the new house in the future, I'm going to be getting some weights and, and doing more exercise. I have to. I re- I'm looking forward to doing it. In fact, the past year or two, I've wanted to go back in the gym. But because of the COVIDs, 
not possible. I don't. I wouldn't feel comfortable, even if it was possible, to be honest with you. But I actually mm. quite like going to the gym. I used to like going to work, changing at work, going down the road to the gym, doing a big workout, going home, showering, and it just felt good. And I used to like doing it. I actually like going somewhere to do exercise. I wouldn't. I wouldn't just sort of do exercise at home or go for a big run or whatever. I'd like to go somewhere, use all the equipment, do all the things properly, and then go off again. I like to do that. Go one place, do thing, go off again. And I want to go back to that, but with the state of the country at the moment and with the illnesses going on, it's not going to happen for a while yet, is it? Unfortunately. No, I don't think so. Did I tell you I got my craft Maga yellow belt? Did I tell you that? Did you get your belt? Yeah, got it, yeah. And what kind of slacks does it go with this yellow belt? Oh, sorry, no, I didn't get the belt, but I got the qualification. Oh, which that's was- no- Surely, if you're going to work that hard for something, you want a belt out, or you want a physical belt out of it with, with stars on it, maybe? It's it's in the post, I think, and the certificate. But what kind of slacks? Like a, a nice bell-bottom slack for it? A high-waisted bell-bottom? I don't know. I might, I might go for one of them ones that just goes under the nipples. And yeah. Yeah. is there is there any kind of crab on this belt? There's no crab and there's no magic and there's no crap <sighs> Margaret, as my wife says. <laughs> yes, it was, a, it was a kind of an endurance thing. It was like four and a half hours. Four and a half of, hours of duffing yeah. people up? Yeah, a lot of techniques. Was it like, was it, of, were you like Sean Foomaster? No, knackered at the end. If you but, haven't listened to this podcast for a long time, a few years ago, someone took the game Kung Fu Master. They changed the code and they changed the graphics around. So Kung Fu Master had Sean's head on there. So it's Sean Fu Master. And the girl you were, the, you were trying to um, rescue at the end was me. They put my head on the girl at the end. <laughs> so it was Sean Fu Master. And that's what you were. You were basically doing real life Sean Fu Master for four and a half hours. Were you running along and just punching purple blokes in the face and little, little children like on Kung Fu Master? You had to do it. Yeah, a lot of endurance. In my head, that's exactly what you did for four and a half hours. Just run along and like blokes chucking like boomerangs at you and snacks and vases and things. That's exact. Whatever you say, Sean, that's how you weren't your yellow belt. That's going in my mind forever. It was awesome, but I was, everyone was well naked afterwards. Yeah, that's really it good. Was, cool. So what's the yeah, next belt? Orange, orange, which I'm doing. when By the time this comes out, if this is out Tuesday, I'll be That'd doing That'd go well first. with a white shirt with a motif. Yeah, it would do. Mm. Yeah. Like I've a got, sort of a crimpoline pant. The orange belt apparently is a lot less... There's a like the yellow belt is your foundation, like your kicks, your blocks, your punches, your takedowns, all tickles, that. your tickles, your wobbling. Can you do? Can you do a wobble? <laughs> like wobble. That just that puts your opponent off. It's wobbling yeah. around. Well, sure. And and the next one is just I think it's just a bit more of the the grappling and the takedowns and that. So you've got the first that one is the biggest dodgy. First one is the biggest belt, and the, the the others add bits onto it. Okay, can I remind you we're trying to do a podcast about arcade machines? I'm I, just I as bad as you for getting off subject. I can't help myself. Anyone who says crap, my guy, that's me off for half an hour. Right, I had to, I had to apologise to my brother over Christmas. He was glazing <laughs> over, <laughs> and then I tried to crab McGarry's cat. Sean, oh, Sean, yeah, go on, yeah. Let's 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 get back. Let's yes, go through there. that door again. The arcade uh, door. Edit this. I'm very sorry, listeners. I do love it. I'm going to leave it. I say more spending. All right. This is what we're talking about earlier, actually, is my wallet didn't take much of a bashing, but a little bit one. So the RGB Mm. Pi for interfacing the Raspberry Pi 3 to arcade monitor controls. 
explained all that earlier. I got the display working now. It's all working perfectly. I would recommend the products from that. I will put a link in the show notes to the company or the person who makes them. I think they're just called RGB Pi. Really good products, good prices as well, and quick delivery. Uh, the 2600 Woody 6 switch from Relic, which is basically a junk shop. I can't say any nice, and that's a junk shop, but an interesting junk shop. Um, yeah, it was marked up. It's 55 quid when I first saw it. And I put it to one side on top of stuff, and I thought, I'll leave it there. I'll come back tomorrow, whatever, and I'm going to come and get it. Because I was going to see the guy, the other owner of the shop, who knew where everything was, apparently, but he didn't. And it took me about two weeks to get back there, because I was just busy doing other stuff, and it wasn't open, and blah, blah, blah. So I went back in there, and I said, oh, I'm interested in this Atari 2600, and I asked him about some other stuff. I said, oh, has it got the the power supply? Because the power supply is a 9-volt DC supply. But it's got like a a three and a half mil plug on it, which is unusual for power supplies. That's usually what you get on, on headphones and stuff and audio equipment. And he said, Oh, Oh no, it hasn't, but you can have it for 40 quid. He dropped 15 quid in an instant. So I was like, Oh, I have to buy it. Cause I knew exactly I had one at home. I had a power supply at home anyway from the, the juniors. And you can also rig up a universal power supply with it. Cause I've got the ends to put, you know, the, the right connector for it and everything. So I bought it. I'm pretty sure that shop would have had cartridges in there, but I couldn't find any. And they're probably buried under 25 years of stuff. Mm. There are, I'm sure, Neolithic skeletons under the junk in there. I'm pretty sure <laughs> of it. Uh, I've also bought, as I said, I think I talked about earlier, two 32-in-1 Atari 2600 carts so I can make my... 16 ca- 16 4K game multi-games and 8 8K multi-games. And that'll probably do me for all the 2600 games I ever want to play. So it's fine. And I think someone is, yeah, someone's also sending me one of the, the little circuit boards, the PCBs, to make your own cartridges with. So I've already printed up a 2600 cartridge, a grey cartridge to make. And I'm going to put probably one of my favourite games in there, perhaps. I'm not sure which one yet. And just have that as a single cartridge. Yes, because you can buy a multi-cart for the 2600, but I think they're quite hard to find. Mm. Is it the Symphony cart or something like that? And you put, it's an SD cart, basically, and put lots and lots of games on there. But I don't think I want to play millions of games. I just want to play like 20. That'll do me. That'll do me. I think the, the Evercade, the, the bundle I bought with the Evercade came with an Atari 2600 cart oh yeah and like a lot of them like you say are just really really basic but yeah. there's a few 5200 and 7800s on the cart mm. which are good which are good but yeah there's like i remember playing one called haunted house which i loved as a kid because mm. it was kind of spooky but it is just blocks walk going around more blocks <laughs> more shaped blocks. like walls but it 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 was the atmosphere i think and the box art made it really good anyway yeah it's really it's one of them and it back it back in there. Yeah. But Space Invaders, Combat, Outlaw, or Asteroids, they were the ones I played as a kid because the kid up the road who had one only had about five carts. Because I think the carts were like 30 quid back back in the like early 80s. That was a yeah. fortune. You'd get a cartridge for Christmas, a cartridge for birthday. That'd be it. You have to wait like six months for another one or whatever. Yeah, so people paying 60 quid for the latest Steam game now is probably cheap. Yeah, they're doing well, actually. 
Um, the amount of content you get in these games nowadays. Oh yeah, they take years to make. Of hundreds of, of people gameplay. making them. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I also bought. Here's a thing for you. I bought. I forgot to tell you a little while ago. I bought a CD player. A CD player, Sean. I've still got one. I bought a Technics one because I, un- when we moved here, I uncovered my bits of of stereo separates I had left over. I had separates when I was early on in life. And I had a Denon amp left, a NAD record deck. I had to buy a new belt for, which I play on the records now. Because every now and again, I do like to put a record on, which is weird. And I, we got so many CDs between wife and me. I really want to play the CDs again because I'm pretty sure the quality on the streaming services, you have to pay more for better quality. And I don't believe, I'm not sure for certain, you correct me if I'm wrong, the sound quality that comes out of a decent recorded CD is better than streaming, isn't it? Depends, I think. Yeah, it depends. To me, I feel they are. I don't. I wouldn't say for certain they actually are, but they feel like they are. And I've got so many CDs, and some of them aren't even on Apple Music or, you know, uh, what's the other streaming service? Spotify. Hmm. They're not even on there because there's going to be a copyright infringement or whatever, or people haven't given them the rights to do it or whatever. So I've got CDs and maybe live CDs or bootleg CDs that are never going to be on there. I will listen to them again. So I bought a Technics, which back in the day would have been hundreds of pounds for a Technics CD player because they're really good ones. So recently, there's an Oxfam music shop. It just does music. It's not got the clothes and, you know, all the sort of other things. It's just got music. So it's got CDs, DVDs, records, tapes, a few video games. It's basically like an old school indie record shop. And I found it on the Byers Road in Glasgow. And it's absolutely brilliant. They, they even did a few, you know, speakers and stereo equipment and that as well. And it's such a really cool shop. I bought five CDs for a little over £10. Yeah. <laughs> and I was absolutely over the moon with them because I've bought about three from a band called um, Rise Against, American sort of post-punk brand, which I really like. And I've never seen the CDs for sale anywhere. I've, I've only listened to that band on Apple Music and I was happy to buy the CDs because you've got some, something physical there. And I think I bought a... Manic Street Preachers one, and I can't remember the other one was. But it's basically got like five CDs for 10 quid. I couldn't believe how cheap they were. I was like, I'm having that, I'm having that, I'm having that, I'm having that, I'm having that. Brilliant. So good. So everyone, support your local record and CD shop. They need it. It's coming back. I think it's it's a thing now. It's like a niche thing. And people are getting involved in it. And it's really good to see these physical things. being Because when you buy a physical product as well, a lot more of the money from that product goes to the artist because on on the, mm-hmm. the streaming service they get next to nothing for for you know you getting a song or whatever it's nothing so buy a t-shirt buy a disc buy a record go to the concerts that's the best way of supporting the artists yeah you talk about cd players it's, it's reminded me i got you know what's the biggest pickups you can get in life apart from house wife car car definitely car, car. got a new car you have recently, yeah. Have you? And you're not happy with that big thing you got. You had like um, a people carrier kind of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't. It's a mini one. It was a mini SUV. Yes. But the bloke from the car shop phoned me up and from he car said, "Car shop from car shop." But he said, and "To know about cars, to know about dreams, you have to know about women." He said, "To be honest, because because we're good mates now, you know, we like we speak and he 
I give him sales and then he's good mates for me. You know. Yeah, that's how, that's how capitalism works. Yeah, go that's on. how salesmen work. He says, we've got a, a new cars coming over from China. We Chinese your, cars? They sound good. I think, well, whatever. Yeah. It's Germ- Where's say at Germany? I don't know. What, yeah, but- <laughs> the Spanish company, but they're owned by VW. Go on. Yeah, that's it. He says, we've got a deal for you. We'll get. We'll buy your old car off you, which is only two years old. Yes. It's, it's on one of these contract things anyway. Yeah, yeah. We'll give you a brand new car Ooh. for the same price. Ooh. We'll sell the old car at, at top price because old cars are selling really Nearly the same the price most. as new cars I listened to recently on the radio, yeah. And you get a new car, and it turns out it's, I think it's six quid a month cheaper Ooh. On, on the PCP. So what have you got then? It's a, well, it's a like for like, so it's another Seat Arona technology version. Oh, but a newer version. Yeah, so it's... So basically it smells nicer. Oh, the, in, the interior's a lot nicer. It's, it's, it's Bluetooth. Don't you love the smell of a new car? Mm. I know, it's great, isn't it? Polish. Mm. It's, it's got... The other one had Android Auto, but you had to connect it by a, a lead. This is Bluetooth Android Auto, which helps you in traffic no end. Yeah, but does it seem said, soothing lullabies to you when you're in the car? It says... It's, it's, so don't worry, we'll be home in a minute. It's okay. Google Maps amazes me about how accurate it is with the traffic. Like there's an orange line, which is about 100 metres comes up, and you yeah. come up to the traffic. And it is 100 metres of slow traffic. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it's all done with, like, magic satellites. Satellites. And, that, and that's what reminded me... Well, I opened the, the glove box to put a CD in. No gloves in there? There's no gloves there or boxes. never is, is there? It's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. It's a fallacy. And there's no CD player. I thought, oh, well, that's a sign of the times, really. But I said, how, um, do we play our, how do we play our CD? He says, no CD player. There's no little USB. I used to put yeah. a normal USB card in, not a micro. Yeah. A normal USB card and put play music. That's not there. So everything's got to run through your phone. Oh. So I've got I've got a few apps on my phone. I've got Mixcloud for techno mixes, Dub Techno mixes. <laughs> Dub Techno's a bit slower. It's <laughs> yeah. But wife can't play her music, so I'm gonna have to put it on my phone or her phone and then put it through the No, no, the no. What you should do is bring a record player, right? Yeah. Convert it to twelve volts, you can plug it in the uh the, the old cigarette light or adapter and just mm. drive really slowly to not make the records jump. Set a set of mission speakers in the front there. Yeah. Wife won't have much room for her legs, but you know it. You know, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? If you took the front screen out, uh, front windscreen out, you could put the mission speakers on the bonnet. Yes, full. You get the concert experience. You get the outside noise. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, shall so we? Shall we I'm, I'm encouraging you. Shall we carry on a little bit? Yeah, well, I've got a tablet. Me and son went halves on a tablet for wife, not one of them you swallow like on. I was going to say an ibuprofen. No, this is a Lenovo Tab P11 Plus. And for the price, it's quite, it's, it's not as expensive as an iPad, but it's expensive for an Android tablet. Okay. I think. And it's an amazing piece of kit. You know, what they can do now. Mm. So it's like laptop powerful, really. Yeah. I think good. a lot of people are doing that with the new iPads. They're more powerful than most people's computers. So they just use that with a keyboard. And you can, Yeah, you can get a keyboard add-on for it, which mm-hmm. would basically turn into a laptop, yeah. Yeah, why not? Listener feedback. Oh, Sean, you know we moaned, well, me, I moaned to our listeners, dear listener, about not much feedback. We've had lots now, which mm. thank you very much for the feedback. We love it. Let's get through this. Uh, Tim Keeling. 
Hi, Sean. You specifically. I really love the... Oh, God. <laughs> I really love the Biscuit Review theme tune. Have you thought about doing an extended dance mix? I put yes. Yes, why yes, Tim Keeling. I'm thinking of doing a 13-minute dub techno epic edit remix. I might have to just edit your voice out there. Just please, Tim Keeling, do not encourage him. This is not the feedback we are looking for. There's going to be a Defender Players Unite meet at Arcade Club in February. Oh, is there? And Tim is normally there, so I'll say hi to him then. I wish I played Defender better. I do like Defender, but I'm not very good at it. I need to practice, but I need a little a little control panel made up because it's got a unique control panel. Mm, like me, I'm a bit unique, aren't I? Please, sir, carry on. Unique to control. Mm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Rob, One Punch Ron is now called, not Rob. Okay. Because Ron's his granddad. Just finished listening. Keep us updated on his X68000, Vic. Will you be using it purely for playing games? There's an arcade perfect port of Chelnov, Atomic Runner, on there. Looking forward to playing next game over Christmas. I did briefly mention the X68000 earlier. I haven't had time to fix it yet. The the parts came in for it to convert the power to a a Pico ATX, which I need to do, but it still works on the original power. Um, And the video converter cable thingy came in, but it's still got a problem with the video. There's no red, and it's got a big green line down the side. Which I, or blue line down the side, which I need to fix. It's obvi- it might be something to do with the video RAM, or it might be a, a cold solder joint. I need to get it open again and look at it. I haven't had time to do it, but I will be just playing arcade ports on there. And if there's a, an odd, unique game to the 68000, which is good, arcade style, I'll be playing that. But that machine had some really good games on it, like top Rolls-Royce quality arcade ports on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely will be doing it for that. And Chelnov, I really don't like that game. I really don't like it. It's a horrible game. But he's an atomic runner. He can run into any atoms he likes. I don't care. Not a normal runner. Mr. Tagster's been on, our UK bod in Australia. Uh, I was listening to the 10 Pence Arcade podcast and what, and on medication. Okay. Some podcast feedback. A big thanks to you and Sean Holly for the monthly podcast. I always listen in and enjoy it. Very envious of the X68000. Always fancied one. Great quiz this episode too. Oh, Sean, mm. I've got a good quiz for you later on. We might have to edit that out. Oh. We're running short on time, really, and we yeah, should yeah. cut Carry out on. We've got all like, day. Go like on. quizzes and speaking. Ed Horse. Apologies oh. for Ed, Sir Edward of, of Horseville. Yes. Sir Edward of Horseville. Apologies for long time, no feedback. Listeners are out there still loving the podcast. The last time, nearly two years ago now, I've been tough on everyone. Haven't had much time to join in on the games at all. Very disappointed in myself. The Sega Astro City that was enjoyed by many in his office. He did loads of, put loads of scores. In yes, he had a people. big whiteboard in the office with all the scores yeah. on. It has become a do not touch COVID zone. Of I have course it home is. and converted it converted a shed to a home office where it now resides hoping to get to this month's game of spang spang now with the covid thing and people working at home i am an advocate of people working from home because it it really helps with mental health for a start you don't have to get on that horrible commute you don't have to take the kids somewhere you don't have to take the dog somewhere you can work from home do all the things from home if i could work from home i'd love to my wife does she really enjoys it but in this case, I want Ed Horse and all his fellows, fellow colleagues, to go back to work 
just not for the work thing, just so they can play the arcade games at work again. That's the only reason I want them to go back to work. Or they can all have an arcade machine at home and do it. I don't know. But yeah. Some people have struggled with mental health at home with the loneliness and that. Yeah, it's one but of those I things. I, I think, I think people should be given the choice. If you can work from home, why mm. not? But, you know, if you want to go back to work, fair play to you as well. But I think it saves a lot of a lot of heartache working from home for some people, yeah. But being forced mm. back into your work, I don't like that. I don't like it. I, I can't do it because I've got to work on big machinery, which has to be in, in a workplace. So that's that's me, really. And we've got uh, some more, some extra feedback oh, here. The next bit from Mr. Sir Edward of Horsfield here in Nairn. Great to hear about Vic's move to Bonnie, Scotland. Hope it all goes well for you and the job perks up a bit. Like hearing about your tinkerings. Also, Sean, your YouTube channel is amazing. Thanks, mate. Almost <laughs> another one coming up soon. Oh, yeah, there is. Best of luck with your new job and fitness regime. Don't let the biscuits overtake you. Also notice I've been watching Charlie Farr and Solda Bowl on Twitch among with other people. Good community of players and like-minded retro people. Keep up the super smashing great work. Look forward to this podcast the most every month. You you guys are beautiful and lovely, especially that boldy guy. It doesn't so say attractive. that. That He's last so bit is not on there. It's, it's a wonder there's not more women listeners just for him, full stop. Or men. Or men. <laughs> Beards are very likeable in the gay community. Right. That's good, I think, is it? Rygar's been on. Rygar with lots of R's. Just been listening to the latest edition of the podcast and heard the news. I'm absolutely delighted if won this year's high school league. But also very pleased that Charlie Fire has been pursuing other interests because otherwise things might have turned out a bit different. Yeah, he would have won. A t-shirt we greatly appreciated. I'm not as sure whether I'll wear it or frame it yet. Either way, it'll be cherished and not used for dusting, polishing or any other kind of cleaning, not even of my arcade kit. Just a quick note to say thanks for the t-shirt which arrived today. It's brilliant. I will wear it with pride. Sadly, uh, a syzygy of work and decorating commitments have kept me away from this month's game. But I'll be back with a vengeance in the new year. In the meantime, I hope you and Victor and families have a great Christmas. All the best, Alan. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> Alan. That's his new name, Alan Ryder. Alan. Happy nearly... This is from I Am Jimmy. He is Jimmy. Who is Jimmy? It's him, he way, of course. He is Jimmy. The clue is in the name. Happy nearly Christmas, Sean, of it. This is a while ago. Conscious that I've not left any feedback for some time, so let's address that What right now. What's happened? It used to be informative and engaging with the right balance of factual information and light-hearted entertainment. Now it's just a farce with idiots talking nonsense and generally just acting the fool. And hold on, stop press. That's my Top Gear feedback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not my 10 pence feedback. Let's try again. Thanks for another year of arcade podcast goodness. A really good mix of games this year and 10 of the 12 games I've never played before. And that's what makes this podcast really good. Apart from both of the hosts being beautiful and gorgeous, especially the bowling one. That is not on there. All right. Sorry. Discovering those hidden gems. <laughs> not so in the case of Frenzy. Sorry, Vic. And I'm <laughs> in a minority here. But it didn't click with me. Probably Darius Guy Den was a highlight for me, even though it's pretty pantsy. It was. A, it is a really good game. Mm. Thanks, Pete Hart. Mm. Great work on the news features. Probably like many who listen, I follow the last uh, the happenings in arcade web world, but you always seem to find a few new snippets out there I wasn't aware of. The quiz is still ridiculously too hard for a mere mortal like me, but impressive to see how much you guys know. Congratulations on the move up Norfolk. Hope things work out for you in Bonnie Scotty land and you still have time to make it Dan Saf. 
for the occasional meeting and event. Good luck in your new job, Sean. Hopefully the weekends will be freed up. They are. They're free as a free thing. Ooh, free bird. Yeah. I will get to catch up with you at Arcade Club in 2022. Maybe we should have a 10 pence meet there next year. Mm. I'd love to meet this year now, wouldn't it? I'd love to meet some more of your lovely listeners and get to ask Ed Horse why the long face? Hey. Take one of Soul's whippets for a walk or just chat about, wow, Neil 20 to 5 didn't make it to any of the meets. Oh, that's yeah, that was a shame. I haven't seen Neil for a that's bit. An un- that's an ongoing joke. He doesn't make it to any of the meets. He's so busy. He's, he's a policeman. He's been arresting people. All yeah, yeah it's all over the shop. Yeah. In summary, not wintry, summary. Still looking for the cast pod. Still, Oh, still loving the cast pod. And hopefully long may it continue. Hurrah. Mm, don't know about that. Mark, insert many coins has been on. After hearing your request for a bit of feedback and what things we'd like to hear on the show, could you kind folks educate the likes of myself on the minefield of Mr. FPGA jammer devices and boards? What components need to construct? uh, What and where to buy in the UK or further afield? I am not sure if you need to build a full Mr. Unit and add a jammer interface or if these jammer FPGA things are separate things based off the similar foundation Mr. IO board. Anything along these lines simplified for my tiny brain brain would be much appreciated. Merry Christmas and best wishes to you all, buddy. Thumbs up. I tell you what, Mark, insert many coins. For the next podcast, I'll do a little section on what I know about Mr. FPGA. Um, yeah, because you can, you can use it on a TV. You can use it on a modern TV, a monitor, uh, an RGB. You can use it on an arcade machine. There's lots of different things, lots of different control methods. But then you go into the snack devices, which is like the original controllers interface with the Mister, etc., etc. Yeah, we'll go through it. It's a bit of a minefield if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I'll do a little feature on that. That's good. Something for me to do. I've got some pod. Got some podcasts. Got some feedback here from Jim from the Playthrough Podcast. Hi, chaps. Hope you both had a great Christmas. Just thought I'd send over a quick email. I've just realised I've been playing the wrong mode in this month's game. Oh. Super Pang. After playing the tour mode for an hour. Much better. I was able to get 492.760. I don't know if I put that one in. 492.760. Yes. Noted. In the scores, I will do that because oh, I didn't read this bit. And was pretty happy having listened for a while without submitting a score or feedback. I'm usually way past score submission date. I'm going to make a few New Year's revelations. I put revelations in there because they are. Listen to the episodes on time. Submit a score and make sure I read the small print. Keep up the good work and all the best for New Year. Regards, Jim. Friendly shout outs. Oh, Big yeah. shout out from you and also from me, actually. This is Ian Cullen's computer group up in Scott, up in, up in Edinburgh, actually. Uh, we applaud all computer stroke console, so arcade get togethers. Uh, and this is pretty much as it sounds. Uh, we're a small group of middle aged balding men that get together once a month to talk and reminisce about old video games. Everyone usually brings along a TV and some kind of retro kit. We all sit and play games for a few hours. Our numbers are down as we lost our founding member last month. He's not. He's not dead or anything. He's just stopped coming. So we need some new members as we're down to a core of about six. It's at Slateford Bowling Club. That sounds awesome. It sounds like you've got to be 90 to be a part of Slateford Bowling Club. Yeah, I'd fit right in. Right, so this is in Edinburgh. So it's not too far for me to go uh, when together get-togethers are allowed again because I don't think at the moment we'll be allowed to do that with the COVID restrictions going on in Scotland. But I'm definitely going to be going to future ones. 
And I'll probably take along my Pico 8 console and maybe the Bartop CRT when it's done. So I'm, I'm really hoping the Omicron COVID thing can get under control very soon and we can all go mm-hmm. out and meet up again. Even if it's masked and distancing, it'd be nice to meet up with people and have a chat. So I'm definitely going to be going to that in the future. Definitely, Ian Cullen. I've worked out. it's If I leave work at a certain time, because I think it's on a Tuesday night, I can get there in reasonable time. It won't be too bad getting back. Nice. I'd like to give a shout out to Andy Marsh for lots of YouTube video editing tips. He's really is a is a professional editor. Oh yeah, he does it for a job, which I have ignored because yes. <laughs> you're rubbish. A, I've taken him on board, but I'm rubbish at it, and I've got no patience for it. But the the it's, it's not about how crap it is; it's about the content, and the content the is crap top. content. The crap content is high quality crap. Yeah. It's craptastic. There's there's a lot of steam coming off your content, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to give another shout out to all my non-arcade friends and family I've met over the Christmas break. I've, I've spent four or five days just meeting loads of people, like relatives and It balls to them. Yeah. They're yeah. not in the arcades, balls to them. Yeah, and it's, it's ball flair. <laughs> so good to see all you like. You know who you are. I don't. I've forgotten. Uh, I'd like to give a little shout out to Violet. Uh, someone who asked for one of my Vectrex controllers. I was talking to her on Twitter, on private messaging about um, Vectrex stuff, and she's getting right into the Vectrex side of things, which is absolutely brilliant. Love to have some new, new blood in the Vectrex community. It's good. That's good. That's good. We've both just had a quick break. Due to the magic of editing, I've got another can of Iron Brew. What have you got there, Sean? I've just got some water. I've had some apple juice. You're going to need it because I've got... <laughs> one mother hubbard of a quiz for you now oh, over the christmas G-Girl period friend. i know how yeah. you like quizzes so much i, I love them there's a hundred questions oh god no there's not there's 10 with a possible 25 point total with bonuses oh, i'm oh. going to aim i'm going to aim to get over 10 let's run the music arcade master quiz before we do the quiz I talked to my brother as his customary near Christmas time. I'd give him a, a video phone call and he had a quiz for me and it was the hardest quiz he could find. And him and wife sat next to me when I was talking to him, was amazed how much junk I have in my head that I know about. And I answered every single one correctly because the quizzes were on an online quiz and it usually arcade. gives you three yeah, arcade ones. It usually gives you three answers and you could pick one. But he wasn't giving me the choice. I was just having to answer it straight out. And I did every mm. single one right. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of them really, I just really struggled because it was a game from a certain company, but it was ripped off by loads of other people. And I, I can remember all the names of the, the bootlegs, but not the original one. And eventually found it. He gave me a clue and I found it. Anyway, mm. Sean Holly, are you strapped in? Are you sitting comfortably? Sit back, relax, strap in. Yep. Question one of quiz 170. Uh oh. Da dum. <laughs> what happens when a group of swarmers pass you in Defender? They explode? No. They will not turn around. If they pass you and they go in a certain dis- way, they won't turn around. You can follow them and shoot them from behind. They won't get you. I don't, I'm going to get slaughtered by the Defender community, Alex. I don't know. Yep. Oh, dear. Tracy told me that little trick. 
when you when uh, show me how to play Defender properly. So thank you for that. Uh, Question two. Let me just write, let me get a pen, a pencil, write down your uh, your answer. So far, so far you've got zero. Good start. Question two. Can only get better. Name two of the four worlds on Pac Mania. Jungly Summit. Mm, I can give you Jungle. a quarter of a point for that. And what, what does that level look like? Forest, jungle. No. Mountains. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, sorry, jungly Maze. something. And Maze. what else were you going to say? Maze. No. I'm going to give you zero points for it. Go on. You could have had Block Town, Pac-Man's Park, Sandbox Land, and Jungly Steps, because that's steps. the level that's all stepped. So I don't, right. need, I don't need to add to that zero, but it's still zero. Okay. Question three. Name two of the four new ghosts in Pac-Mania. He, he looks constipated. Go on. <laughs> New Goose in Pac Man. How am I supposed to know that? There's I hardly four played of them. it. You should know because two of them are quite funny, the names. Sebastian. No, oddly enough. And Willoughby. No, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. The four new characters are Sue from Ms. Pac Man. Oh, yeah. Commons, which is a weird name, Funky, and Spunky. Right. I told you the good names. Because um, Funky and Spunky are the ones that jump. Right. Mm. Oh, that was a good quiz, kids. And that's moving on. To Question get- four. Okay. What do you have to do in Pang Poms? The game Pang Poms. I want to know specifically what you, the, the game is about. What we've got to do in it. Is it a puzzle bubble game where you pop balloons? No. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the answer. In Pang Poms, you have Pang to pom- kick balloons. You specifically have to kick them. So, uh, after question four, you have... Let me just add these totals up a minute. Zero. I've never heard of Pang Poms. You've made it up. No, have a look later. Uh, question five. What is the highest point value for docking in Nintendo's Space Launcher? 500. 4,000. Um. It, it jumps from 600 to 4,000 on Space Launcher. Question six. What game is very similar to Space Launcher? This should be an easy one. Galaxy Wars. Yes! Look, Sean, listen. I've wrote down a one. <laughs> Correct. Question seven. Yeah. Who made Speed Freak and what type of game was it for a bonus point? Speed Freak. It's Vector Graphics. Ping! Cin- cinematronics. No, it's Vector Beam. Vector, Be- Vector Beam were cinematronics. It's an offshoot. Okay, that's three points you got now then. Yeah. Yes. Is that a lie? No. Okay. Would this happen in Mastermind? No, it was this. Oh, okay, I'll let you off. That wouldn't happen in Mastermind, but he'd just go, no, get out. <laughs> Question eight. Name enemies from Stargate that aren't in Defender. You get one point for each. There's many points you can get here. I don't know. I have no idea. The, the, 
You are rubbish. I've hardly played it. Listen, I'm going to get slaughtered. Okay, so you've got Yularian Space Guppies. Of course. Fire Bomber. Yeah. Fireball, Dynamo, Space Hum, Fred, Big Red, and Munchies. All household names. Why didn't I get them? Oh, dear. If you played Stargate, you might have known some of them. Question nine. What was the next game in a Defender series called? So there was Defender, Stargate. Strike Force. Yes. Got two. Well done, sir. I didn't think you'd get that Normal one. difficulty questions I can get right. That was a that was good enough. I've actually played that game. It's very weird, but I didn't think you'd know it. Question 10. What are the button labels on Street Fighter 2? Hang well, on a minute. How can I be getting 20 questions, if 20 points if there's only... Because you were getting about six for naming enemies in Defender, and you got six yeah. points here for, for grabs. So what were the button labels... On Street Fighter 2, you get one point for each one. So you got the three punches and the three kicks. What was la- what were they labelled as on the original Street Fighter 2? Have slight punches it? No. Med- medium and heavy? No. They had specific names. Low, mid, mid, middle and high? No, 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 no. no, it wasn't that. I don't think I could write that on there. <laughs> Do you give up? Do you want to know what they no, are? No, there's got to be. It's got to be a simple. Well, maybe. Hard, really hard, rock hard. I don't know. You lose. Oh God! Go the labels are jab punch, strong punch, and fierce punch. Oh, and the kicks right. is short kick. Forward kick and roundhouse kick. You would have got the roundhouse, surely. No, I don't. Right, sure. Let me just. It won't take long to add up these points, will it? Four out of a possible of twenty-five. Must try harder. I was going for ten. It's your own time you're wasting. I'm not angry with you. I'm disappointed. (laughs) Right, your next quiz. Your oh, I next quiz. I, I do this to make you make harder quizzes for me because I love a rock hard quiz. It's going to be unbelievable. Right, we've been recording this for nearly two hours, and we better get on to feature game review. This show's featured game is Super Pang, aka Super Buster Brothers in North America. It's by Mitchell 1990, sequel to Pang, the first sequel, which came a year earlier. Controller is a four-way stick and one button for fire or harpoon. It's a horizontal game. Hardware is the same as the first game. And it's called, you know a bit about this, don't you? It's called Capcom Mitchell Hardware. Yeah. What's that mean? We get this information from the System 16 site, which is a really good website. It uses a Kabuki chip which is an, an, an encrypted Z80 uh, CPU. It used to try and combat the bootleggers, but it didn't really work, as there are loads of Kabuki bootlegged games. Uh, and curse Capcom for doing this, because it caused many a problem in repairs before it was cracked. Uh, a fellow called Eduardo Cruz successfully reverse-engineered this chip back in 2014. He's part of the group, which Porchy's part of, uh, on the arcade hackers site they do lots of hacking of these old chips so they can repair boards and this was one of the ones they repair they they reverse engineered back in 2014 um 
The rest of the Capcom Mitchell-specific hardware games are crappy baseball, quiz, poker games, and there is a half-decent bat-and-ball game called Block Block. But most of the games aren't very good, not for a, yeah. not for the Western audience, really. And it sounds just like this. Super bang! Now, before we continue, I have to just quickly put this in because I'll forget, otherwise I haven't wrote it on the notes. When I was watching a video of this game earlier before we recorded, just to see the later levels, I thought the people who designed the graphics and the sound for this game, I got a feeling they did another Capcom game called Three Wonders, which Mm. I really like. And you know the alligator in this, the little character alligator who comes and gets in your way? Yeah. It looks exactly the same as the baddies on Don't Pull. That's the Three Wonders, the yeah. Three that... Wonders. Don't you think they look the same? The similar graphics and graphical style and sounds. We should do it that wasn't there a really good kind of a platformy game on Three Wonders as well? Wanderer, I think it's called. And and there was there a horizontal Chariot shooter? was the other game. Chariot yeah, Wanderer and uh, yeah, we could do. And Don't yeah. Pull. Don't Pull's absolutely fantastic. I think the other games are quite good as well. Yeah, yeah, we'll cover one good idea. Sorry anyway, about that, but I had to remember that, just for what I'll forget otherwise. Do you want an implausible backstory? I would love an implausible backstory. I've done my research, and this is what it says. Billy and Bobby Pang live yeah. in a world un- unindated by aggressive bubbles. Oof. These bubbles fall from the sky, and upon impact will bounce them to death. Oof. But fortunately enough, Billy and Bobby have got a premium subscription to harpoonsforyou.com and they have overnighted a couple of Black Friday sales harpoons to pop these bubbles right back to where they come from, which is the sky. They come Mm. from the sky. Yes, my friends, these fellas live in a cruel, unforgiving world of cartoon violence and cheap deaths. Not at all like our own, which can be quite nice. Mm. And and, uh, what what fact-checking site did you get that from, Sean? Uh, Boldyfall.com. Oh. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. All Say no more. Fa- more. All your facts and questions are answered. In- answered. Just drop down box at the top. What mm. is the capital R? Drop down. Ipswich. Answer. Cheesecake. Oh, yeah. So, right in it. How to play. It's very yeah. simple. Pang is a static screen platform game where you're a guy popping balloons with a harpoon. <laughs> so, I've done a lot of research on this, and Clear all the balloons, then advance a stage. And you'll be on the next part of your world tour. We are playing the world, the tour mode, not the panic mode, which is like an endless, an endless kind of... Yeah, keep playing shoot, until you die. Yeah, kind of an endless kind of survival game, but you don't get any extra weapons. You just get a single harpoon on that. Oh, really? I did not yeah. know that, because I haven't played that version because we were only doing the tour mode. Oh, yeah, right. it, it gets... You can sort of... It's like Tetris where you keep playing and it levels up and gets faster mm. when you play Tetris single player. Sometimes you get an attract mode on a game that is so good, you just watch it and you don't need out else to jump right in. So here is a slightly edited attract mode in word form. This is what comes up on the screen. Number one, aim at balloon and shoot the harpoon. Number two, pang, it will pop and split. Number three, Pop it again, it gets smaller. Number four, pop the smallest size and it will disappear. Simple stuff. Number five, shoot, run and ambush with the wire and you can safely pop the balloons. That is the wire that sticks to the roof of a platform. Yes, a special one of the special weapons, yeah. Watch out, don't touch the balloon. Ooh, poison balloons, they make you bounce around the screen dead. 
God, they did. that's it. Isn't it great? That's it. And then it, then it goes on to explain the weapons in this in the attract mode. The powerful double harpoon. Let's get two of them. Yeah, the mighty machine gun. That's brilliant fun. Shooty, shoot, shooty, shoot, shooty, shoot, 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 shoot. Power wire, which is run about earlier. I know, power wire is a standard weapon. Destroys some of the blocks, yep. which can drop bonus fruits as well, so you can shoot the, shoot the platform blocks. But it basically sticks to the roof of what you're shooting at, and it will stay there until a, a balloon comes and hits it and knocks it and pops it away. Well, that's the claw thing. It's called a claw. The claw! Sticks to the roof until someone hits it. And dynamite, danger, explodes all balls and hexagons into their smallest form. So it's probably not wise to get that in some situations. No, you're trying to try and avoid them. Got oh, millions of them flying around the place. A barrier protection, so it essentially gives you an extra life. Big kind balloon. Of. Slow ball down, slow balls down, stop balls. Delicious fruit. And objects. You you can lose some points if you use a weapon. It says if you use a weapon to shoot the fruit as it's dropping instead of collecting it, you lose points. But I never oh. found that. I never found that. It might be later on. Hmm. Shoot flocks of cartoon birds as burbs, a zoom burbs. Bur- burbs as a zoom across the screen for mad points in it, bruv. Hang on, hang on, just let me put this in. Tell me some tips and some secrets. Yeah, that's really basically how to play. Stage select on tour mode. Select tour mode, hold down on the joystick and press fire button and you can select what tour, but oh, we're right. not doing that. Okay, that's almost mm. like a console kind of cheat, isn't it? Yeah, and it's arcade game. Shoot all shootable platforms if you have time. Treasures be there, me hearties. Found yeah. extra lives in there. There's a there's an early one, isn't it, in one six where there's lots and lots of them um, vertically. And, you, and mm. when I was watching a video earlier, because I didn't play much of this game and I wasn't very good at it, but I was watching earlier someone playing it really well, and they shot all of them and just let the balls out now and again just to get rid of the balls and just keep shooting your way across. And all the way on the left-hand side is an extra life hidden in one of those. That's mm. the first extra life there. I've put here, you can't shoot the plump crocodiles with the gun if you're on the same platform as going. You can if you use the the claw. Oh, yeah, they just Stupid. run into it, when they? Stupid yeah. crocodiles. Yeah. They should stay and don't pull where they belong. This is the biggest bugbear of the game for me, right? You shoot just a little bit left or right of your heed, yeah. depending on which way you're facing. Not straight up from the middle of your character, but left or right. So if you're running right, you shoot a bit left. Yeah. If you're running left, you shoot a bit right. If you stand still, you're not sure which way you're going to shoot. It's, I think it's, it's from if where you've run- been before, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not clear. And the amount of yeah. times I've not I've missed stuff, and it's mm. just got on my nerves. It's just a yeah. You think a, you would you would place your character directly under what you were shooting at? That's mm. how it. Sh- that's in in a perfect world, Sean. Mm. It should be. <laughs> Pang 3 that I had a look at does that it shoots from directly in the why middle of the guy's why didn't you choose hat. Pang 3 then you idiot because to I, play I didn't know I didn't oh Shawnee Sean and as it gets a, a bit later on I think level like 320 or something yeah there's there's balls trapped inside little enclosed squares that you can't get unless you hit one of them crocodiles mm. and then the crocodile leaps and explodes and you've got to get the balls oh, with that I see. explosion how you do it so there's no way to get them otherwise you mm. get endless crocodiles but obviously not endless and you're time. timed in this game you're given quite generous amount of time but if you've got to do that you might be a bit careful about your timings i presume you lose a life if your time runs out you do mm-hmm. like in real time you can real yeah life. yeah absolutely you run out of time that's it you add it you've had it you've got to mm. clock out and go and bosh you get hit by red floaty guys 
That's the fiery um, dudes, isn't it? Yeah, and you they're can't, really cute. It, I like the fiery dudes. And you can't fire for a few seconds. Mm. Uh, extra man at one six and one twelve. I didn't find any more. I didn't get past that. Level two twenty five. Yeah, we said that about exploding crocodiles. Oh, you'll love this. You get to level two twenty six and you start getting ice on the platform. No thanks. Inertia hell. No, nope, don't like that in games. Nope. And like some other games, as the more you get into it, the more points you get. The fruit and sweet bonuses that drop. The bonuses get stupid, like 30,000, 32,000, oh, wow. 50, for one, and you're getting 500 for the early levels. Mm. So as you get more through the levels, you, you bonus goes, your scores go rush, through the rocket, roof. Up, rocket up. And I've put, you are getting a 50k bonus for a fruit drop on level 328. God. I, I think that's how far I played through it, I think. about. To, I'm not sure how many levels there are. I think there's about 40 odd in the game. Oh, wow. Graphics so, yeah. and sound. Mm. I think I've put here colourful, varied back backdrops, not intrusive really. Graphics and animation are cute, tastic. Balls and platforms are just standard throughout the game, but that's what you need really. I like I like them, but it's a kind of cutie kind of style that you either like or you don't. I think I'm going to contradict myself here now. <laughs> it's a kind of cutesy art, and I just don't like it. Uh, rather like how Disney films pale in comparison to Pixar. Even mm. though Disney own Pixar and have stolen their Pixar art style, they're just not as good. Um, this is cutesy, but just not aesthetically pleasing for me, and the sound is just fine. But from what I said earlier, on my remembrance of the, the graphics being very similar and sound being very similar to Don't Pull, which I really like, I'm contradicting myself a bit. I like them in Don't Pull, but I don't like them in this game. Probably because I don't like this game as much as Don't Pull. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're nice enough. They're well drawn. I must admit that they're not. They're not uh, intrusive. They're not annoying. Uh, <laughs> averagely good, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, cabinet art. I think it was just a kit, but I haven't even found a kit. It must have been a kit. I think a lot of those um, those Capcom games were because Capcom yeah. didn't really do many machines, did they? Because being a Japanese company, they went into a lot of candy cabs and. and and uh, cocktail cabinets, I presume. Yeah, it, even the early stuff, like 1942, uh, Williams had, had a kit of it, and yeah. Vulgus, Vulgus was a kit. Yeah, yeah, I don't Sun, think Sun Capcom did that many machines, to be honest with you. I, mean, I think later on, the Street Fighters got their own machines in different countries, because we Electrocoin used to do the Street Fighter 2 machine over here. So, yeah, mm. kit only. Yeah, trivia. Some good not-made-up-at-all trivia here. Absolutely not. It's definitely true. The first Mm. ever bubbles created in this game are recently sold as NFTs to Mr. G. Ullable for £1,400,000. You see what I did there? Graham Ullable has got a lot of money to waste. So, you know, he's going to be buying fungible things or non-fungible things. They're tokens and they're non-fungible, which means you can't grow them from... Is that right? That's fungus. uh, Mm. Non-fungus tokens. I'm going to do a picture of some fungus, a, a bitmap, put it on nftidiots.com yeah. and get a million dollars for it. And when someone's bought it, I will right-click on that image and just go save image to really yeah. annoy them. Yeah. yeah, because the way they work is really, it's just foolproof, absolutely foolproof. <laughs> mm. It is. So, okay. Pang 3, the game you should have perhaps chosen for this challenge. 
It's called. <laughs> you found. I don't know if this is true or not. I looked I, at the flyer, which is all in Japanese, and it could possibly be right. Pang Three is called the Magnificent Afternoon of the Mysterious Thieves. That is not made up. I've found that somewhere. <laughs> that's a brilliant that's, subtitle. I love great, it. Isn't it. But it's Pang Three good. plays really well. It does play really well. But it's if you ever choose to play Pang Three, I will kick you in the knee. In the knee, not in the nabs. Because we've played Pang One and now Super Pang, and I'm 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 not annoyed with you. I'm just slightly disappointed. Good God. Let's do some scores, shall we? Because we've had quite a lot of players. Thank you, players. And one at the very bottom is Mark, still without his gravy. 49,600 points. Wise Mids. A nice name, that. 84,900. Alan Delta Lima, 168,450. Mr. Drumsey of Sidekick fame, 185,000. Exploding Pinball Man, 216,720. Majok. 307,180. Chris K. June, 317,270. Oh, I'm, I'm below these guys. I was 23, sorry, 232,740. I didn't put that much into it. Uh, yes. Uh, next we have Zestora, 371,050. Airship Arcade, 376,500 points. You know what I'm going to say about Ooh. Airship Arcade? You can mm. read me by now. It's just going to be some rubbish about an airship in an arcade or the just, way around. Just don't. Just don't. Yeah. Because it's, it's just predictable, my rubbish. I just need to stop talking about it, don't I? Yeah. just need to talk common sense. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rob DC, 429,960. Regular arcade player, Sal Buglaris, he's been on. Thank you, Sal. 474,910. And he says... First time ever playing any of the Pang games, and I despised it to begin with. Then it mildly started growing on me. Unfortunately, with all the holiday craziness, I wasn't able to dedicate any time to this one. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you fine gentlemen, and a huge thanks for producing one of my favourite podcasts. Thank you, sir. Louis Wellen, shout out to Louis for playing, little Louis for playing all the game, uh, most of the games this year. And beating me most of the time. 476,300, which That's is no slouch of a score. It's pretty respectable. Mm. One Punch Ron, 488,790. And Ron says, used to love playing Pang in my local arcade. Not sure what extra this one brings other than the two modes. I still enjoy it, though. Couldn't break half a million before the deadlines. 488,790 it is. All right. Next, we've got Jim from the Playthrough Podcast. Good to meet you, mate. He got 492,760 points. I'll have to put that in the scores. We're now into the half a million plus club. Nick, 73, 507,980. Only had time for a few goes, but it's grown on me. I, it eases you in, but ramps up pretty quickly. Ended up doing a track and fill with a joystick. New Mr. Kit arrived, so doubt I'll get more time on this. It's an incredible bit of kit. So he's playing mm-hmm. with that. Neil 20 to 5, 519,500, super pang, super busy, no time, but not a bad game. Frustrating as hell, though. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Mr. Messi, 540,700. This game always seems enjoyable when I give it a go, but I never feel any compulsion to bother with it otherwise. It's a bit like dark chocolate digestives in that respect. How dare you, sir? How <laughs> dare you? Garen Retro Schmupper, G Boy, G Man from the RGDS podcast. 548,600. I did better at Arcade Club. I was playing with him there. I, I don't think I had a game. I think I was just watching. I've always liked Pang from the Super Nintendo days. 
Some of the later levels took a bit of working out. Christmas in, re in retail deprived me of more than a handful of games and a decent score. Enjoyable game. Thumbs up. PlayStation Portable has a good port. Oh, interesting. You, sir, 603,090 points. You did well there. It, I did all right. Not brilliant. J-Ping Barber, ping, 709,630. Latest score entry ever. I think he put it through at like two minutes to five. Yeah. A bit obsessed. I hate it when dynamite gets dropped on you. Had enough of it now. Another game now. Enjoyed. Mm. Davo, 768,800 points. That's a good score. Old man Steve, getting older as we speak. Mm. 770,360. Enjoying it. Used my rusty old skills from the SNES version. I like the SNES version. Same, isn't it? Yeah, basically, yeah. I played it a hell of a lot because, like you said, it was a you could only buy one cartridge at a time, and I mm. bought that for a uh, That's all I played for a month. That's why you're so good at it, then. Mark Happy, dude, 786,790. Ross, 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 916,300. Really pushed for 1 million, but got frustrated trying. Still a fun game to try and finish this year on. 10 pieces. Thank you, Vic and Sean, for a fantastic year of podcasts and a great range of genres and quality games. You are still a 10p credit to the arcade community. A tenth of a it. pound. That's all we're worth, Sean. It's a good, it's good though. I don't mind. Pilbo, 979,230. He is Jimmy. Yes, he is. A, a millionaire's club, a million and 76,730. Just cracked the million with my last game. For once, I thought the learning curve was too shallow. A bit easy until about the ninth wave. But I like how you can choose a start level to practice on. Did everyone work out the three man was on level six? Yeah. I think, I think we did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ivan Storm, 1.185750 million. That's, that's the way you read scores out, that is. <laughs> As I was saying it, it sounded awful. <laughs> Second place, Mr. Mr. Tronads, with 1,280,670 points. He's put quite like this, but it gets very tricky. And number one, ZX Michael, 3,147,360 points. I used to play this all the time in the Amiga and the PS1. You get very big bonuses later on. Learn where the extra lives appear and find invisible shooting platforms for more bonuses. I didn't find them. I saw some when I watched a video earlier, actually. What a great score. That's a brilliant score, Mr. Almost ZX Almost three Michael. times the next one down. Yes, that's a good yeah. score. Uh, ports and sequels. You had Pang in 1989 and obviously Super Pang in 1990. Pang 3, the game we should have played, Sean... Uh, yeah. <laughs> 1995, five years later though. Mighty Pang uh, on the green board, apparently, 2000, and many, many console releases. Most notable for you was the SNES version. Yeah, it was good, and I've looked at it. It's a bit more, obviously, a little bit more jerky, not as fluent, I don't think, but it's a great game. It's a great mm. game. Well, great conversion. Right, changes, of imp changes and improvements. Niggles think, for you, Sean. Niggles. Yeah, I think the level layout's okay. The difficulty's okay. The gameplay's okay. Apart from the centre of the character shooting. Shooting the centre, it would have saved me loads of lives. That's what I would change. Do you remember if the SNES version's got centre shooting? I don't know. Mm. I, can put it, I can put it on Raspberry Pi and fire it up, but we haven't got time. Do that in your own time, Sean. It's your yes. own time you're wasting. Yes. I think the game is too much like regular Pang. It even ran on the same hardware. So what is super about it? 
Them, them do hexagons have, weren't in the original, were they? I was going to say, I'm not sure. I didn't have time this morning to look at the videos to have a look. But the weapons are the same, aren't they, as, as normal Pang? You have the sticky on one and the, and the gun and the explosions and stuff. Not sure. So there doesn't seem a lot of difference to it apart from the backgrounds and, and you know, where the little platforms you can up and down the levels. Because even in Pang, the first one, you had ladders, didn't you, in levels? Yeah. So apart from the, the, the panic mode where you just keep playing forever until you die or the tour mode, there's not a lot of differences. Because remember when you, you chose it a month or so ago and I said... Is there enough differences? Because we don't really want to do the same game again, but with the word super on the front of it. So I'm not sure how different it is. I think Pang 3 is getting on to be a bit different, isn't it? From what I played, it is kind of more of the same. But really? The graphics, you know them? Like I think they Donkey improved because Kong- the hardware improved by then. The Donkey Kong Country graphics where they've like... Oh, I don't pre-rendered know, thingy. Yeah, they're, they're kind of like that. Okay. So... This game, hmm, yeah, it's it's just so too similar to me. And I, I wasn't that keen on Pang. It's just a game I've never really clicked with. There's nothing mm. wrong with it. Seems fine. Um, so, annoy, enjoy. I think. It's a decent game, and I'm sure loads of people enjoy it. But annoy overall. Mm. I was going to say, I was going to say it's nice to credit through it, but even I got fed up with that trying to credit yeah. through. And like, like I said, like a couple of times now, the off center, off center shooting of your main character is a game breaker for me. I'm afraid that really does nibble on your nuts, doesn't it, that bit? It does. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because when I was watching that video of an expert playing it, they were sort of shooting. And running and shooting, running, and as the balls go, you get them quite easily. At one after that, it's like shoot, 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 and the level's done. And I also noticed as well. I forgot to say about this: is you know when the balls are really big to start with, they they mm-hmm. bounce quite high, and as they get smaller, they bounce lower. So the little ones are only bouncing across the floor, and they're quite hard to get. One of the levels later on, it's just got little balls, and they're bouncing really high. So it doesn't. There's no real rules to how high the size of the balls go. Which is a bit weird. Mm, that's I, a, I know what level you're on about. You've got to kind of get in the middle of them. Yes, that's the one. And there's loads and, of little ones. It starts off with just little ones, but they're bouncing really high. Whereas the little mm. ones, I thought, only bounce along the floor. Whereas the mm. medium ones go halfway up the screen, and the big ones go all the way up the screen quite slowly. It just seems a bit off that they're, they're doing that. Perhaps the little ones are like tennis balls. Yeah, but they would uh, bounce lower, wouldn't they, on the floor? Yeah, but then there's a power ball. Can you remember the power balls you used to get as a kid and you used to throw them on the floor in the front room and it'd so break mean, the lamp? So you mean they're more like cricket balls and then power tennis balls? You know, you know them like... You're making excuses for, for Mitchell, don't. Rubber power... Can you remember them things that used to bounce forever? My brother used to, used to send me them all the time for some reason. And the amount of stuff I've broke with that is quite impressive. Yeah. So, annoy. I just couldn't get into it. Um, same as Pang. Never really liked these games. They're not quite... Puzzle bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Which rules in the bubbly puzzle realm? Everyone knows this. It's just a yeah. fact. It's a fact. Yeah. Puzzle bubble <laughs> is a game I will always play if I see it. Always. It's brilliant. Mm. So that's about it then. Um, mm, I think too similar to Pang, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, I didn't check out Pang. Well, mm. we have we have played similar games, haven't we? We have played like. Are you trying to get riding, out of this now? And riding two is very similar. No, um, it's completely different. There's a two on the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have played so. Anyway, it was good for good for a blast. And before we go, we should just talk about next show's game. And that is, it's not my pick. It's not your pick. It's Charlie Farr's pick. We're trying to get him. We're trying to give him a little taster, and get him back in in into playing games with us again. Just get him back in. Just tease him in a little bit. And Mr. Yeah. Charlie Farr has picked uh, a game from 1983 by Sega, and it's called Up and Down. Up and Down. They had this in my chip shop when I was a kid, and I played it. The ROM is Up and Down. U P N D O W N. The level, the lives are three default. Difficulty is easy default and extra lives 10,000 points default. Up and down. Everyone should go play it. It's not a bad little game as far as I remember. I remember when we arcade, arcade club 1.0. This was in the foyer bit as you walked in in Haslinden, I think. Oh, wow. And he said then, Charlie Farr said, you want to do this as a, as a, Featured game. You said it again a couple of times over the years. Probably about six years ago, wasn't it? That's so when we, when we were talking about it, I mentioned it. He says, yeah, let's do up and down. I thought about it a few times, actually, and I've been looking at it to do it. Yeah, so it's good. Um, submit your score with an email to the site, which is vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. On Twitter, hashtag 10p score. You can talk about your scores and whatever. Uh, Facebook, as a comment on the podcast post on our Facebook group, on a Facebook page, sorry. Uh, Sidekick app, go on there, everyone should get it. It's a real good place to keep all your scores. Uh, UK VAC, you can go on there. Uh, or just tell a bearded hipster in a coffee shop. So I normally yeah. get me scores about, and nobody yeah. hears. Deadline Paper airplane. Sco- Where? Paper airplane, inside of the head. Do you know yeah. that, then? Write your score on a paper airplane, throw it out your window, and it'll definitely get to us. I can, yeah, I can vouch for that one. <laughs> Deadline for score submissions is 5 p.m. UK time, Monday, 31st of January, 2022. So enjoy playing up and down. And thanks for listening from me. Anything else you'd like to add, Sean, before we nip off? Just thank you for listening. I hope this year is a, a lot better year in in the like normal life which i'm not so keen on in the real world than it and than it was in 2021 we love you all and we're glad that our our beautiful podcast has cheered you up no end so thanks a lot and we'll talk to you soon goodbye goodbye you can download or play the podcast read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk you can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk you can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>